Hey, welcome to the Monkey House Primates. So, thanks so much. I've asked around here to quickly uh, let you all know that we're in Sydney. We're about to be in Brisbane. So uh, very quick stop in Sydney. We're just here for a few nights. So come and see us. And then what are we doing? We're going up to Brisbane. We're going to do a Who Knew It with Matt Stewart at Good Chat. And we're also doing a couple of Dryer Dryers, our comedy festival show. It's the last run of the whole tour. So come on down, Brisbane. That's right. And in Sydney, we're at the Manning Bar and at the Chippo for the Who Knew It. Really pumped up. Hopefully see you all there. Uh, now on with the show. Ook, ook. What is that what the monkey say? Yeah, ooga cha cha. <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Primates, the podcast where we explore primates in popular culture from chimpanzee all the way down to chimpanzee. I'm your host, Matt Stewart, and this week, joining me back in the monkey house, it's not our second banana, I'd say probably our third banana, which is obviously just one below second, and so many above a hundredth banana. If we're ranking them, it's Seren Jayamana. Hello, thanks for me having me. I, what, is, what does that mean? Well, Evan Munro-Smith uh, is, well, traditionally was a regular co-host of this show, but he got busy. <laughs> he got quite busy and uh, I got quite complacent. So when he was no longer really available to do it, it slipped away a bit, this show. Okay. But also, um, I thought I thought it'd run its course. I thought people didn't have an appetite for it anymore, but there have been people like Gaddy J from the UK who's got the hashtag... Bring back the monkey house going. Yes. And uh, others as well, of course. Uh, I think a lot of them have been using that hashtag privately to me. Okay. So, I, I think it kind of defeats the purpose of the hashtag <laughs> when it's in a DM. But still, uh, the message came through. And uh, you've been one of my favorite guests on this show since very early days. You've been on it since, I think, the, maybe the fifth or sixth episode. Towards very the very beginning. That's why I had to clarify what the second, third banana thing was right. about. Right. Yeah, Evan became... Like, there was a period there. Because you kept pushing me down, further down the bananas. No, I'm saying you're third, but I'm saying compared to... Okay. Third is quite impressive. Oh, so okay. Because I'm not even... I'm not... Some people assume I'm the first banana, which I'm not. I think it's interesting you went with bananas as a, as a status... Um, mm-hmm qualifier in this world okay. primates given that you've got prime mates so i thought you'd have you're the prime mate and then right. there might be secondary i might be a secondary mate right well you've you're well and truly um overestimating my self-belief okay. I, I don't think of myself as the prime mate i'm not even the first banana okay canonically and also canonically uh the first banana on this show is the banana in the suitcase of Peter Parker in one of the Spider-Man movies. Oh, I see. So, Evan is the highest rated human banana. 
<laughs> You're the second highest rated. I'm. I don't even know where you don't I am rate. on the list. Yeah, you don't rate yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't. On the banana scale, uh, I don't think I even come up with a rating. And are all the bananas below the primates themselves? Ooh, well, not the not the first banana. The first, okay. The first banana obviously is at the top. Okay. <laughs> the one in the suitcase in that film, the one where. He gave us enough to make an episode about it because he was called the Night Monkey. Oh, yeah, right. On yeah. the Night Monkey. Which is a character that's been on this show before. But, geez, it's funny It's to been think, a while. The listeners have to catch up. Isn't it can... interesting to think about how this show sort of ran into the ground, <laughs> buried under the its own weight of in-jokes? It is the thing about things that run their course. Every six months or so, you have to just check whether or not they have... Since I did, uh, or since we did the last episode of this, I think the last one you did with me, we did a few um, Wild Monkey News episodes. Yeah, way back in Sydney. Back when you were living in Sydney. You're now a Melbourneian, although now we're in Adelaide right now. It's a confusing world. Hey, if anyone's in Adelaide uh, all this week, we are doing a show called Dry Dryer. It's at the Rhino Room, which we don't like. We'd much prefer to be performing at the Monkey Hut. At the Monkey Hut, yeah. But unfortunately, it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, at the uh, the Chimpanzee Cave. Mm, but it's not there. So we're at the Rhino Should have Room. Should just said Chimp Cave, I think. Yeah, Chimp Cave. Yeah, yeah I think that would have been fine. Uh, but yeah, Rhino Room, a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be, where are we? Chinese Museum in Melbourne. Yes, and then Brisbane at the Powerhouse. And then Sydney, I think. Did yeah. we recently... Con- I think we may There have- was a lot of chat about whether or not we'd go to Sydney. We may have committed to Sydney. We're going to return. The big return for the primates. Uh, <laughs> the the second banana and doesn't rate banana. Yeah, I mean, just another banana. Just another I'm banana. just your average banana. Just, yeah. I it's not a big deal. I don't yeah. want to make a big deal out of it. I'm just some banana. Not the red tip, not the ladyfinger, just your standard cabbage yeah. sitting there. In the I mean, those red tip bananas. What an elegant banana. It is. You know, you know they're eco-friendly. Is that yeah. what they are? I assume, I think they're organic. Organic, dipped in wax. That's how you know. Like, where's the line between a banana that is eco-friendly or, or organic and like... You know, like signing off a year oldy letter with red wax. Also, who I feel like. What's the where? Where have the like you, somehow that this is a Venn diagram, and in the middle is red hot red wax. <laughs> on one circle, it's year oldy letters being sealed, and on the other, it's after eco friendly yeah. bananas. All right, guys, all the letters are sealed and signed and delivered. What are we going to do with this leftover red wax? Okay. Oh, hello, Mr. Banana Farmer. Oh, my God. Is the banana farmer in? No. Oh. Uh, don't tell him that we've got an excess amount. Yeah. So keep it under a hat. But, hey, uh, we've got a great idea, uh, Mr. Banana Farmer. Um, <laughs> we actually thought about this for you. We got, we got a very limited amount of hot red wax. And what we've noticed is that your bananas seem to lack a structural integrity <laughs> yeah. at the base of yes. the banana. If we could wax up those nibs. You've got to get those nibs waxed. Got to get waxed. those nibs waxed. Yeah. Mr. Banana Farmer. People, you know what the struggle is? People are uh, they're starting to peel the banana. The whole peel comes off. Yeah. The banana <laughs> slips through onto their shoe. That's why people are slipping and sliding. They're slipping and sliding. It's a workplace it's, it's hazard. A common misconception that it is the peel that's the problem, but no. actually the whole banana is slipping mm. through. And yeah. that's what people are stepping on. And it all begins with that nib. 
And you know what? It's unprotected nib. Let's you, wax up your nib, mate. All you need is a little bit of hot red wax. And we've got a really good price for you. Yeah. We've got a really good price. $17,000 per... Per litre. Oh. Oh. No, no. What Seren said. Because his will make us way more money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh maniacally. Sorry. It's bad for business. Yeah, that is. That's, one, that's why I never progressed. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we're talking about... A movie we just watched. Oh, I, I love the say. idea, sorry, of a great, of a genius businessman. Mm. You're kind of Steve Jobs type. Yeah. Has all these great ideas. Isn't it funny that Jobs is in his name? Yeah. Has anyone noticed that? He created a lot of them. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, his well daughter, paid ones, he, you think? His daughter was one, but then he also, then also like a lot of, not well paid, no. No. But. I, uh, is his name Steve Wellpaid Jobs? No. <laughs> no, it's not. I can't tell you what his middle name was. No. I assume it was Steve, you Sweat are forced shop. into this. Okay. Yeah. To support your family jobs. Jobs. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, jobs. It doesn't feel right. It's like the boss. Bruce Springsteen's known as the boss, but his whole thing is about speaking for the working class. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. That, a lot of bosses do that. Speak for the working class. Yeah, they're, they say, to yeah, they're fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're fine. Yeah. Don't worry, Don't about, worry them. about them. <laughs> Don't even worry about them. They love this. <laughs> their their yeah. situation. Yeah, they couldn't be happier. They're better off than if I wasn't here. Yeah, yeah, it's trickling down, mate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if I'm not here, it's not trickling at all. <laughs> what do you want? A a a, tur- a tap turned off or a tap with a little dribble? Because <laughs> yes. I'm a dribbling tap, but I could take my business elsewhere, yeah. and all of a sudden, this is a dry tap. And, you know, who knows what would happen? Yeah. Nothing would be springing from this, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, we're sponsored this week, not by money or uh, their knowledge, but we've been drinking Big Shed beer all day. We just had a great time at the Big Shed uh, Brewery. We're recording in, in Adelaide. The Big Shed. Yes. Well, right yeah. We, are we? Yes. That's what we've named, yeah. named this Airbnb. Yeah, that's right. But... Yeah. um. <laughs> Man, we had a great time there. I've, I come it's a great every time brewery. I come to Adelaide. I love going there. We've worked our way through quite a selection, and now we are drinking the Brew Chocks Apricot Stout. So, for a bit of context, we were on our way out, and uh, we picked up a six pack. Yeah, because we were about to watch a film. Yes, to speak about at Primates, and then uh, we just had the great idea. Why? Leave with six when you could leave with eight. Well, I think that was the thing. We had the, uh, our what was that great man's name there behind the bar? He had a beautiful mustache. Could do. Lovely man. Yeah. And he said, Can I, do you want me to grab you a couple of four pack um, containers for him? And we said, we've only got six, six in a four. It's a hard problem to solve. Let's make it eight. Okay. And Seren went back to the fridge. And I picked out a little, is this a bit of a surprise? I never noticed it. I don't think I saw it on tap. It's an apricot stout. Apricot stout. I've never had one before. What does that say to you, Matt? Uh, in in like <laughs> on the palate. What are you expecting? Yeah, when you when you see apricot stout, are you insp- it's like instilled with confidence or? Uh, to be honest, it seems like a thing that shouldn't work. <laughs> to me, I to me it doesn't make sense. But as I'm sipping it now. I'm eating my words. I, I think I'm eating my words and I'm drinking my stout. It's it's pretty smooth. I don't mind it. You know who I want to quickly shout out to? Yeah. People who are really interested in Godzilla versus Kong. 
<laughs> yeah, is this the longest Primates intro that you've... It's. I mean, this show is pretty loose. But yeah, I think we can stretch it out a little longer. Um, so yeah, Big, big Shed Brewing. They, uh, uh, Australia and a lot of the world is going through a cost of living crisis at the moment. And it is hitting hard, unfortunately, on a lot of great craft breweries in Australia. Big Shed Brewing is one of them. They've, they're working their way through voluntary administration at the moment. But chatting to the, the crew there now, they think they're, they're coming out of it strong. But if you are in Adelaide... Get on down there, grab like grab a an eight pack to go, or or stop in and have a few drinks. They've got a lot of great ones. Yeah, I've enjoyed all of them, and I was curious about the apricot stout, but I it's it's pretty nice. Does the Brewchok uh, brand mean anything to you? Because this is it's it's actually a, a real throwback. Um, uh, treat it's so like this. Stout was brought out to celebrate the Brewchok's 75th birthday. Oh, okay. Um, so, th- this is a legacy. It is of- a legacy. Yeah, right. Yeah, so Brewchok's, I think it was like fruit, little fruit bites covered in chocolate. It must have been an Adelaide favourite, I think. So, so I'm the, not- does the brew have any allusion towards beer or, or no? Or Fruchocks. Fruchocks. Oh, is this See, clever wordplay? We love these guys. Big Shed, one thing that they're good at yes. is clever wordplay. And like you are, to me, you're one of the premier Australian uh, word players. Thank you. That's that's very sweet. Um, uh, <laughs> the first joke of yours that I remember, and I'm sure I've seen others do it since and worse, but you did it about 12... You're telling me people are stealing my jokes? Yeah. Fuck. I don't know why I'm telling you now, but... <laughs> No, I think I've, I feel like I've seen it on a show or something. I'm like, how dare you? But you did it like 14 years ago or whatever. There's a great bit about um, uh, sex dolls, blow up sex dolls. And, uh, it's becoming, and, it, it's and actually, it was becoming more expensive. It's, it's quite apt for the um, cost of living That's crisis. right. I should bring it back. But uh, yeah, it's becoming more, more expensive to um, maintain a relationship with a sex doll. I guess that's the cost of inflation. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That was, I think that was the, because I, I, we met later than that. Like, I didn't really remember this, but recently we were talking and you were saying how I didn't know you at a time where I, I was, I could have sworn we were already friends. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I just, I had some parasocial relationship with you That's based beautiful. on you being on stage. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, no, hang on. Yeah. We're already best mates. <laughs> but I was just an, an admirer of yours from afar, I guess. And I can't, I don't really remember when we met, if that's the case. But yeah, I remember that was in your like your raw set from probably 2011 or something. Yeah, around then. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's so funny. Anyway, uh, you've gone on to be one of the biggest stars <laughs> in stage and screen, obviously, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, I am. Have we, did we talk about that last time you were on? I don't think we would have, because uh, that was before it. Before <laughs> it. And then also, there's no monkeys in. I don't think any primates in the... Well, uh, this is a common misconception, uh, but Thor... Groot. Thor is an oh. alien, but I think he's still a primate. Oh. Humans are primates. So you could just cover any human, any film, really? Uh, could do, but uh, I feel like I've already stretched it far enough that it, it slightly annoys some people. Would you say that that would annoy the loyal primate No, I think, I, I think honestly, we've lost the people who are... Full 
that's got to be about monkeys and okay. apes. You mean people. just in the intro of this podcast? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think we lost them in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, did I say, so um, the only real genuine primatologist we've had on, I'm an amateur primatologist, by the way. Oh, yes, yeah. But the only prob- prob- <laughs> proper one we've had on here multiple times uh, and is an absolute star of the uh, primate world, um, I met her, uh, her name's Erica Fleury. Um, I've only ever done episodes one on one, so you probably haven't met her, but she works for NAPSA, which I think stands for, well, you would know. Uh, yeah, it's the yep. National uh, Aptitude of uh, Political Science and Apes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's either that or the, uh, uh, the <laughs> natal... Uh, alien Premier uh, Sibling Association. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I figure it's one of those two. I think they're both, yeah, legitimate organizations. Yes. It's just a mix-up in the... Maybe, uh, let me quickly look it up because I, I should I should get it right because, you know, uh, Erica's got a fancy. Anyway, point is that uh, when I was holidaying in America last year, we caught up uh, for a coffee and I just picked a random place near where I was staying. We went there. Fun. It was a, just a funny coincidence that it was like owned by an Australian. So they were like half the dishes had Melbourne in the name and stuff. I'm like, I, I actually know what it stands for. NAPSA. Right. Okay. I think it, it stands for never ask person Null. to suggest okay. acronym. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, sorry, Erica. I... I broke your one rule to surrenders before. <laughs> no, I found it. No, you were wrong, actually. It's the National Australian Pharmacy Students Association. Oh, I was pretty close. <laughs> Is that right? No, maybe that's not right. What's that got to do with primates? No, that can't be right. But I'm look, I'm so Googling it. That's so all like, the oh, ones yeah. that have come up are National Australian Pharmacy Students Association. I think it, oh no, hang on, here it is. National Alliance of no, Primates no, no, no. Sorry. Scientists it's, no, Association. I, I was wrong. It is the National Association of Prospective Student Advisors. Oh. Um, was formed in Sydney in 1989. That's where she, which is weird because she's Californian, but uh, she's from La La Land where all uh, Hollywood dreams are made, Beautiful especially place. in the uh, primate world. And which is funny because Erica's mission is to stop uh, Hollywood using primates on screen real primates you CGI or whatever just stop forcing them to act and I think after after watching Kong vs Godzilla would you say our mission is to stop um, Hollywood using CGI primates and also CGI robot Godzillas (laughs) 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 no I thought it was I thought it was one of I thought that was a triumph of of a film of cinema of cinema um, and you know and elsewhere I thought it was one of the greats of um, film. But anyway, so talking to Erica, we're going to do, I believe we're going to do a short series of episodes, maybe this April oh, appropriately. Hey, Because um, Erica's working on a few things and we're going to talk about them hopefully in April. Oh, but I haven't spoken to her since last year, so hopefully she's still up for it. But anyway, um, do we want to get into talking about this film? I've been waiting this whole time oh, for okay. you to ask that question, Matt, because Damn. this was... I reckon one of the best Kong films I've watched. Wait, couldn't you just quickly let everyone know how many Kong films you've watched? One. Okay. So, probably what you were saying just before isn't as powerful as 
maybe some people took it at first. No, that is a good point. Um, I yeah, but it, I still think it was one of it is okay. One of the best yes Godzilla films I have watched. Oh, okay, great. And I don't know the answer to this, but can I just quickly check with you how many Godzilla films you've seen? One. Okay. Yeah. Before this. Including. Inclusive. Inclusive. Okay. I'm always an inclusive guy. In this day and age, 2024, you have to be inclusive. You you do. And so when I'm talking about dates or different types of genders, I am Was this, always inclusive. Are you saying, Saran, that before this you weren't inclusive, only now that you have to be? Is that what you're saying? I was always inclusive with dates. Are we talking? Are we because we calendar drink, dates? We're drinking uh, dried apricot stout. Are you talking about dried plums? <laughs> yes. If they were, is that what a date is? If they were on the table in a recipe, we I are the- drifting dangerously close into uh, getting fruity with Matt and the boys territory. Here, <laughs> oh, okay. Which is a spin-off podcast of this. Really? Do we want to do a quick? Episode of Getting Free with Night the Boys? Come in and the uh, no, it's sort of like a parallel universe kind of but kind of podcast. To me, can I say no? I don't want to do an episode of Getting Fruity with Matt and the Boys you still, because still I'm an inclusive can. person. And if you said Getting Fruity with Matt and the um, and the gang, gang, <laughs> yes, Matt and I the would, uh, cricket fans, then I would participate. Little reference to a joke. Saran did on stage to a small group of people <laughs> the other night. Very niche <laughs> reference. But a good joke, mind you. A good joke nonetheless. doesn't matter how many people he said it in front Maybe of Maybe you'll have to come see the show. Yes, I think you should in Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney or Brisbane. Oh, we didn't mention Brisbane. We're coming to Brisbane as well. Yeah. Or did you mention that? I did. The Powerhouse. Okay. We're there in May. I think it's the 18th. Man, I love 21st. Brisbane. I love Adelaide. I'm so excited to be in Brisbane. When we're I like Melbourne. But I love Brisbane and Adelaide and yeah, Sydney. Yeah, I think that... The, and Melbourne. Okay. <laughs> so we are going to talk about Kong versus Godzilla. I like what you've done there. And you've put Kong where he belongs at the top yep. of the billing. Because that is... Is that how oh, they have done no, it? No. Well, yeah. Amazingly, no. They oh. haven't. Don't, isn't that incredible? Yeah. They've buried the lead. They, They've waited till the third word of the title to mention the star. Yeah. And the Have thing, you, can you remember another movie that's ever done that? It's it's just bad business. Yeah, I can remember. Okay. Uh, Godfather 3. Oh, okay. Godfather yeah. Part 3. And, you, yeah. and to you, the 3 was the... Yeah, I wanted to know that it was the third part of the Godfather. Right. The 3 was... To you was Because I hadn't yet seen Godfather 1 or 2. And oh, you jumped straight into the... Three. Only because they buried the lead. Now, before we go uh, get too far into this, because I know you loved it, and I just want to quickly let you know that the critics and audience agreed. T- the tomatometer or splatometer, as we call it on this, where the uh, somehow the Rotten Tomatoes website gets critics um, t- and they check their tomatoes. I don't understand it fully, but 76% of critics... Liked it. 91% audience positive score. Does that surprise you in any way? Um, yes. And I'll tell you why. I've always thought myself to be a bit of a lone wolf. Yep. I've always thought myself to be a cinematic 
you're a cinephile, yes. I'm a cinephile. I'm a connoisseur of the celluloid form, and I always thought that my taste stood somewhat above that of the common man or woman or in between. Yep. But you're just finding out now. As I was watching this film, I thought, you know what? The common gentry... The uh, the Philistines and the Gentiles and the plebs and all of them, I thought they would not enjoy this film. I thought they would pick it apart mm. in the way that they normally do. But yeah, I said, oh, it's weird. I'm not following it. Yes. What's with, what does this mean? Yes. What's going on now? Exactly. They'd say stuff like that. And that's what I thought. And I and thought. The, wait, hang on. They're shooting through space? Yeah. I thought this was a. Kong movie. He's a he's a jungle That's, animal. Those are the types of questions I thought the the regular the co- Joe the would ask. Joe's might ask. And I thought, as someone who's read Shakespeare and someone who's studied in an intimate way, you've read William's work. Yeah. Wow. I've read Shakespeare on the cover of many books. Right. I watched that Shakespeare word. in Love. I think. Oh, I, I saw. I think I caught some of it when I was flicking channels back in the day. Yeah. So I sort of know the work of the Bard. I know. Yeah. Um, Bard none and then <laughs> Is that anything? No it's not uh, I wish we edited this show We don't We don't but, so, then, but all of this is If at any point you feel like it's rambling That's just a testament to the big shed Yes the big shed it's and the strength, big bard It's the strength of the big shed and the big bard The bard never edited The bard never edited Every word the bard wrote Ended up on stage. That's in the mouths of hundred percent true. An editor would have looked at Shakespeare and been like, "That's not a word," and taken it yes. out. Because <laughs> and now they go, "Oh, Shakespeare created all these words." Yeah, because he didn't have an editor to yeah. take them out. Because at the time, like honestly, <laughs> if you've written a script <laughs> and some of the words don't exist, yeah, usually cut out. Yeah. A dramaturg <laughs> or an editor or someone we'll say, with any Sorry, sense. mate, that yeah. isn't a thing. But in Shakespeare's time, no editor, he had the confidence to just put those words <laughs> into the actor's back, mouth. Somehow people go, you know what? He did it. It was worth it. He made that it word was worth up. It. So that's the kind of taste I have. Yes. I'm a sophisticated reader. You I are. love good film, art house films. And this, I have to say, was both in the house and it was art. Yeah, it was. We watched it inside. Well, I don't know if I'd call this a house, but it's we a watched house. it. We watched it inside a building. Yeah, you know, there's a roof above our heads. And, uh, there's a there's some plumbing that gurgles quite questionable plumbing, and there's also an NBN connection that's nowhere near the Wi-Fi box. And so there's. I like how they've made a feature of it. Yeah. Because other, I think a lot of places would go. We should hide this in the wall in the skirting board or something. I like how they've just. It's Not a, only run it across the middle of the only living room in, in the place, but they've, but they've also like a rubber it. sock. Yeah, to cover quite it. a large one. Yeah, you know what'll hide this? Something really conspicuous. Yeah, and don't you think that something really conspicuous, if it's conspicuous enough, it becomes inconspicuous? Exactly. Because where is the cable? I always, it is in the conspicuous thing. I always think that. Every time I... Do you ever see those... Maybe they're more prominent in Sydney because it's a very hilly town. But sometimes there'll be a driveway and it's not very visible to the to the driver mm-hmm. on the road. And so there'll be a sign there that says concealed driveway, which I feel is very disrespectful to it's the, like, well, whoever's yeah, gone to the, the effort <laughs> yeah, of hiding their driveway. It was, yeah, it was concealed yeah. until you're bloody you shouting out about it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's like going... You know, like like say, you know, you're you're hitting puberty, 
you're at school, the pants have rubbed you the wrong way or the right way, all of a sudden there's movement, you've, you've can try to conceal yourself. If you go to the effort of doing that. And all of a sudden there's someone there going, he's concealed his Have boner. a look at Matt, okay? Year uh, 7B, I just want you to put your pants down for a second. Matt, stand up. I really appreciate you... Um, Protecting my uh, anonymity because I was obviously in seven A. Oh, so I appreciate that. <laughs> That's all right. No one would ever know. No one will which know. Matt, it's you. Which Matt are we talking about? No. Well, certainly not Matt Stewart because he wasn't in seven B. No. Yeah, but you know, I think you're right. I think that's awful. But what did you think of the film? Uh well, I mean, how how do you even talk about a film that's perfect? It's like it feels like. We're wasting time because you know they were shooting through space all of a sudden, or or time. Were they shooting through time or space? You know what I thought when I went to see a a Kong vs Godzilla film, even though they buried the lead, it's Godzilla vs Kong. Yeah. But when I went in there to see that, I thought it might be one of those boring films with this beautiful landscapes. Yes. And there's a lot of sort of native habitat and jungle. You kind of like where it started, huh? Like the first minute yeah, of the film. Yeah, I was bored at the start. Yeah, it looked so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it looked too nice. It looked so nice. I was. I felt bored with how much I was enjoying I was it. too calm and I was too in a state of... There was a little... He was scratching his ass at the very it start. Was, it did feel like it was a comedy at the start. Yeah. And they, I were, thought, they were using a little humour. Yeah, which I, I feel has no place... It is sophisticated film. Well, I would say there's a good reason why comedies are never no- nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. And they rarely get 91% on the splitometer. Rarely, and for good reason, because they're no good. And that's why it was good that it stopped being funny nearly straight away. After Matt, I've it. said this before and I'll say it again. Uh-huh. Till the day I die. Okay. Comedy is not an art. No. Form. No. It's better than that. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> I found... Um, I found a, a plot synopsis which might help us out. because Yeah, it might help us out. Because one thing, despite having enjoyed the film immensely... I mean, the way it took it from place to place and, you know, there were ali- there was a big axe and yes. there was aliens. I love this and- film. One thing I will say. Yeah, if I can put this on the table, I love this film. I love this film. I love this film. And it's important we say film. It is a film. It's not a movie. It's not a movie. It's not a flick. I would not expect this... Back in the if we I was the cast of Martin back Matt to the the blockbuster days. Oh yeah, not blockbuster movies, blockbuster video. If I was cast of Martin back to those days, yeah, yeah. when you'd go, where there, you could go and you could park in Arnold Schwarzenegger's spot, yes, or or Vincent Van Dam, or if That's you're lucky not enough, one, but whatever his first King name Kong was. spot. Oh my god, they King might have Kong had a was. King spot. They, you could have. It would have been a little roomy. If cast your mind back to that those days. Going to blockbuster, yep. you would see. A selection where it was probably a bit more of a premium to rent an overnighter. Yeah. And then the cheaper movies were available weeklies. Yeah, for a week. You could spend less and get it for a week. What is this economy here? It's a, yeah. I think looking back, obviously they went, they out, went of business. out of business. It made no sense. You get, you pay less and you get it for longer? <laughs> yes. I don't quite get it. Sorry. What was his name? Gary Blockbuster or whatever he started that company. I think he lost it. Was it Gary Blockbuster? No, no, no. I think you're thinking the other one, the rival, was uh, Jeremy Video Easy. Oh, that's right. So I'm thinking of Jezza. Jezza Jezza Video. Jezza Viz. Jezza Viz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
But that I reckon I have a feeling that in, if you were to go to a blockbuster and this film was available in a blockbuster, hundred mm-hmm. percent, it would be an overnighter. If that, I reckon they'd let you rent it for an hour. Yes, tops. you can take it. <laughs> you can take they've it. Got a, they've got a bedroom upstairs <laughs> yes. with a, a DVD player or VCR, and you can take it up there for an hour. You and can rent it, it for less than the runtime. Yeah, because it go it does go for nearly two hours, but that's how in demand it was, and they were just trying to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and it would cost quite a lot more than a weekly. <laughs> it was about I would would imagine about three hundred bucks bucks for the hour. So you, if you wanted to, that's great. If you oh you want to watch the whole thing, well you're gonna have to rent yep. it for another hour. Yeah. So that's six hundred. Yeah. But we'll knock that down to five fifty. You probably should have seen it in the cinema, to be honest. Yeah. For thirty two fifty. Yeah, but would you get to kick back on this bed? Like, uh, you cramped up in a cinema seat. Yeah. Which is appropriate because this movie is cinema. Don't don't ask us about that stain. What stain? See that? No, yeah, uh, yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah keep stood. Hey. Huh? All right. So I found this website called. Um, see if I can pronounce this right. It's hard. You know when there's a word you've only ever seen written down, you've never yes. heard out loud. This is the big moment of truth. Yeah. Um, Wikipedia.org. I think oh. It is. Yeah. Matt. And That's how you've been saying it all along in your head. It seems to be... It's Wikipedia. Uh, Wikipedia.org. Yeah. I got the org right. Yeah, it did. Uh, it does seem to be like a, a kaiju movie database. Some sort of internet oh. movie kaiju database. Amazing. Um, and it's got a plot synopsis here, which I thought maybe I could read out to you and that could uh, work as sort of like the skeleton. Yes. I'd of love this that. show. I'd love that. Um, all right. So it says here, and see if you can remember this as well as I do. Five years after the dragon-like extraterrestrial king Ghidorah awakened the monstrous titans around the world and was defeated by Godzilla. Okay. So I, I can't help but feel that us not watching the Godzilla movie from before this might have hurt our understanding of it. Okay. This is one thing that I will say about this movie. Slash film. Not slash. Sorry, film. Yes. It seems like they brought two worlds together. Yeah. And there was a Kong world, which I was familiar with. Um, and love. And love. Skull Island. Great film. Yeah. I mean, you haven't seen haven't it. Haven't seen you it. Would, uh, you imagine but that you... I'm familiar with Kong. Uh, but then there's a Godzilla world. And I feel like they were two separate films. And maybe it's, it's sort of like a, a... What is it called when they bring two different... Uh, uh, it's crossover. Like, it was like a crossover. It was like a. It did feel like a crossover. Yeah, it was like, worlds colliding. Because there were there was like the Millie Bobby Brown, yep. side of the story with the and nobody humping around. Tyson Chandler, Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown, and <laughs> yes, yeah. It, I feel like when Bobby Brown was at his peak, he mm. would have made a million dollars. Because a million dollars back then in the eighties, oh, milli, yeah, would have been he a lot made, of money. He, he would have made a milli. Yeah, and I think he would have been going wrong, going around like, "Hey, yo, yo, yo I'm Millie Bobby Brown." Oh yeah, you think yeah. and he would sound like that. Yeah, like I think with so. his Australian accent, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I think that's exactly what would have happened. Um, so, so apparently there was a dragon-like extraterrestrial five years ago. Okay. Called King Ghidorah, and it looks like a three-headed dragon. It's that, a kaiju. It's a monster. Yeah, that feels like a, a Japanese 
Yes, it yes. is. It okay. uh, first appeared in Ishiro Honda's 1964 film Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster. Um, but anyway, it appeared, uh, I guess, in the... This is going to really shit. So I know there's listeners like... Uh, there's one called Travis who is kind of like a kaiju expert. fanatic and expert. There's... I, just thinking about it now, there's no way he got this far into the episode. So well, I think we're actually safe. Because <laughs> I was starting to think, geez, we better take this kaiju stuff more seriously. But no. What do you mean? I, we are. I, even, I did more, genuinely... sorry, even more seriously. Okay. I was like, oh, we're at, we're at nine and a half. Could we take this 10 seriously <laughs> out of 100? Because I but, did genuinely love this movie. I mean, I did too. Yeah. Anyway, so King Ghidorah... <laughs> I think this is the third time I've read this sentence. Awakened the monstrous titans. So these are the big boys. These are the kaijus. So kaijus are titans. Yeah. It's a Japanese it, But word. in in this, in this uh, monster verse, they seem to call them titans, the big monsters. Uh-huh. Um, and they're all, they were all awoken around the world and were defe- uh, King Ghidorah was defeated by Godzilla. Kong is monitored by Monarch, that company. Okay, yep. Uh, within a giant dome on Skull Island. And that's where Alexander Skarsgård is... Uh, he works for Monarch, I presume. Yes. And we and what do we see right at the start when we're in the beautiful forest? Oh, yes. In that beautiful forest. I, was, I forget because I was so too calm there. You were captivated. Yeah. It was immersive. Too calm. He A little girl approaches Cobb. Yes. He's having a nice time. He's going for a scratch. He's scratching his ass. He's just woken up. He's, he's, a, like he's about he's, to have a swim. You know? it, it felt like maybe it could have been, you know, a, a cold open from home improvement. That's how funny it was. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It could have been like one of those great sitcoms of the 90s. That's how funny I it thought did. it did. He had the, the vibe of that archetypal, archetypal 90s sitcom, according to Jim, Jim Belushi. Yes. It I'm, could have been Jim Belushi himself. Yes. The great man himself. You know, I'm just waiting for him to have a very attractive uh, wife. Yes, a believably attractive wife. <laughs> yeah. Who puts up with his shit. Who puts up with his shit. She's some, a lot smarter than him. For some reason. She's a lot smarter than him. She the looks comedy, after the kids. Yeah, the comedy comes from the fact that why is she doing this? Why is she putting up with this? Yes. Yeah, That's yeah. why it's funny. Yeah. Because we're like, I don't understand why anyone would stick in this. <laughs> this like this guy's hapless. He's like a, a man child. Yeah. He's funny. He's scratching his ass. <laughs> That's why, because he's funny. And funny's funny. We know that. Um, so, yeah. So, Kong is stuck in this thing. And that's revealed to us when he, he pulls up a tree by its root, strips it, basically turns it into an uh, like a, a spear, spear yep. a javelin. Yep. And he just, for some reason, just throws it out into the distance. He flicks it into the sky and then it its trajectory... It hasn't even peaked in its trajectory, mm. and it hits a surface. That's how strong his his arm strength is. I don't know if it would ever peak. I think it would hit. It would have kept going out of forever. space. But where we would Im- imagine the sky to be, it yeah, cracks. Yeah. It cracks a, a screen basically. And you know what I thought at that moment? I thought, oh my god, this is going to be King Kong Truman Show movie. That's what I thought. How great is this going to be? He's just realised. That it's all fake. You're a step ahead of me, Matt. I thought it was actually still King Kong Home Improvement. And okay. I thought when the screen cracked, I thought Wilson would pop up over the yes. fence. And Kong would go, oh, 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 o
And it, I mean, he did do some of that. Yeah. But probably... It's a shame we don't have cameras, Matt. That would have been a great clip. That would have been a great clip. I think that could have taken the internet by storm. Um, so, yeah. So, he's been trapped on this Skull Island uh, dome. This sort of fake dome. It's a fake dome. I mean, the dome's probably real, actually. Now the dome is real. The world is fake. The world's fake yes. within the dome. In fact, the, the world's fakeness it really depends on the realness of the dome. Uh, well, here's something that we might not have picked up. Uh, Kong is visited by Jia, who was the small child the with little the, girl. the little yes. Kong thing. It says, uh, the last uh, Iwi native and young adopted daughter of Kong expert Eileen Andrews. Jia is deaf and communicates with Kong via sign language. So, that Jia and Kong are tight. Yep. They communicate, communicate quite clearly. Um, they speak a common language. Yes. Uh so then we've got Apex Cybernetics employee and Titan Conspiracy podcast host, Bernie Hayes, a.k.a. Paperboy. Yes. Okay, so now we move into the Godzilla world. Yeah. These are characters from the Godzilla world now. We've, we've shot out of the Kong um, oeuvre. Yeah, which is where we feel more comfortable. Totally. And this, that's why we're on Primates. Oh, my God. Okay. So Paperboy, played by Brian Tyree Henry, uh, who I said to you during the film that in, um, I saw him in a film where he plays an English character. And you're like, that's because he is English. Bullet Train. Bullet Train. You know what? He's an American actor. So. Oh. <laughs> really? Yeah. I swear he was English. Well, not according to this Kaiju um, website. Okay, let's. So it says he was born in North Carolina. Uh, he was educated. At Yale University, which I believe is also in America. Yeah, he he certainly is an American actor. Yeah, Jesus, oh, you you know how you blew my mind before? It's just been unblown. <laughs> Isn't that great though? When you hear a fact that's false, but it's so believable, <laughs> yeah, you're like, it can blow Whoa! you. <laughs> but anyway, he's great. A big fan of him uh, as an actor, and he's a lot of fun in this film. But yeah, he. Um, his character, Paperboy Bernie Hayes, extracts some data suggesting sinister activities at Apex's Pensacola facility. Pensacola. Now, I believe that's just a real place in Florida. But it's got a great name. Uh, Godzilla attacks the facility and Bernie stumbles on a massive device during the rampage. Madison Russell, a listener to Bernie's podcast, enlists Josh, Josh Valentine to investigate... Godzilla's attacks. All right, now, who's Matt? Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is Madison Russell. A you listen, know what I found hardest a paper boy. to believe about this film? Mm-hmm. The most difficult thing to believe? Paperboy's accent? No, yeah. Paperboy's uh, yeah, American accent. English, yeah. No, that uh, it, someone would have a podcast without cameras set up. <laughs> Wasn't it was fun for a movie to within the first four minutes to have podcasting a reference to right podcasting. at the front? But you got to. This was twenty twenty one. You feel seen? This was twenty twenty one. This was like the height of people being like, "Hey, we should do a podcast." Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was the height. Yeah, we're over that. We're on the other side of that hill now. Yeah, most people are switching off. Yeah, they're like, "Let's get back to old media." Yeah, what's on the tally? Let's have a flick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Madison Russell, Millie Bobby Brown, as a listener, gets Josh Valentine to start investigating. 
Now you might be like, who's Josh Valentine? Well, that's a guy played by Julian Dennison, the Kiwi actor. Oh. And this is, I love, I love uh, the actors who are like, I'm not doing accents. And he's one of them. I've seen him in a bunch of different American films. And he's always just a Kiwi. He's charming enough, I guess, and recognisable enough that there's a there's cachet to having him just be himself. Yeah, it's great. I mean, what's what's so unbelievable about a person in a movie about huge monsters being from New from Zealand? A, yeah, why, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. Why isn't there more of that? What, like, I don't understand why a lot of characters aren't just. Where they're from. I think you're right, Brian. Tyree Henry should have been allowed to do an English accent. <laughs> someone from England. So, uh, just to jump ahead slightly. Please. Someone else who I think also played pretty much themselves. Little friend of the pod. Oh, yeah. King Kong. Ronnie Chow. Oh, Ronnie Chow. Just for a little split second That's he's right. in there. Is he, in what way is he a friend of the pod? Well, he's a friend of people that I'm friends with. Yes. He's a friend of a friend of the yeah. pod. I mean... I share a birthday with him, and I'm sure if, if I spoke to him, he would be cordial. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, when I won Raw, he was uh, the one who handed me the flowers. Well, there you go. He's one of the biggest stars in the world, and I, I said, say. I can't remember if I... I'm saying, every time I meet him, I tell the story of the last thing. It's, it's like one of those bits that's just for me, but it's him. So we've done bits and pieces over the years, and every time I'll tell him about the, the story where... The f- first time I saw him perform was at a, a Sin uh, community radio station um, was a community media thing in Melbourne and there was this thing called Lollapalooza and I was like... I remember Lollapalooza, yeah, you, yeah. Were you, you might have been on that Maybe day. Maybe one day, yeah. And uh, he, he performed. I only saw the second half. He was on the second half and I'm like, he was clearly the funniest guy on the lineup. John Campbell actually won, but he was oh, in the yeah. first half so I didn't see him, but... So he's he's leaving the auditorium and I, I stop him and I go, you were so great. You were my winner. And then so flash forward like four years, he's handing me a bouquet of flowers and the, the trophy for winning Raw in front of like 1,300 people or whatever. And I we're, we're sort of doing the, the handshake for the cameras and I whisper him, so I... um. I first met you at Lollapalooza a few years ago and uh, I said, you were my winner. And he goes, that was a long time ago, man. (laughs) And then we were working together again and uh, we were filming. I really wish that story was him going to you. You were so funny. You were my winner. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that would have been way better. (laughs) um, Instead, it was you winning the biggest competition in Australian comedy. (laughs) And then... Being so humble to be like, oh, sorry, Ron- Ronnie, you don't remember me. But <laughs> <laughs> and then we at Stupid Old, we were we had this job filming sketches for the comedy festival for promo for their charity that year, um, which is of course the big gala charity. Yeah, yeah Oxfam. Oxfam. Yeah. yeah, we're doing these Oxfam sketches. He was in it, so we're filming that. And um, after filming it, we were chatting a bit, and I was starting to tell him that story. <laughs> About the the double, like building yeah. it out, like, and to me, it's so funny to be every time I see him, they're like, yeah. tell him a quite a tedious story about. But I was sort of halfway through, and he's like, "Sorry, my Uber's here, man." <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Anyway, that's not quite worthy of uh, retail. Maybe not. But, um, yeah, he's so great. And he's been I think in- if you persist with that, though, eventually... Yeah, it's it'll gonna, come back around. Yeah, yeah. But he, um, he's been in... So I reckon he's in every third or fourth movie I watch at the moment. Yes. Um, and a little candidate that I'm, I'm pitching, if you're going to bring Primates back... For like more than just a one-off, is he? He's in more primate films. Is he? He's in uh, a- Asian-born Chinese, which is on Disney, and it's uh, like a Monkey Magic kind of spin-off. Oh, great! And he's he's great. He's so good at it. It's it's fantastic. Do you think maybe we should do it? Get him on as a guest, and I can tell him those stories again. I would love that. And you can sit and watch. I'll it. message him and see if he'll do it. <laughs> I don't. He's he seems like one of the busiest people in Hollywood. Yeah, there's no why. Why yeah. would he possibly? But I will pitch it. it. I think you should pitch it. Yeah, I think it could be really good for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Oh, okay. So I'll try to arrange it for a time when he's not waiting for an Uber. <laughs> Sorry, my Uber's here, man. <laughs> well, I'm like, to me, it was it was so perfect because I'm like, I'm trying to recreate this awkward tension, and it just happens so naturally. <laughs> It's funny for it's funny the idea of me trying to create an awkward <laughs> yeah. tension. It's like you don't need to create this, mate. You just sort of it emanates from you. Um, me, not him. He's a very smooth mover. Um, okay, so yeah, Madison Russell, Millie Bobby Brown. Let's uh, Josh Valentine know. Got to investigate these Godzilla attacks. Then we got Apex CEO Walter Simmons. Uh, Is this Pacino? Oh yeah. So. What? Yeah, we just thought he was a real Pacino-looking guy, um, but he wasn't Pacino. We should probably be pretty strong on that right off the bat. This man was not Al Pacino. We just happened to be calling him Al Pacino. For anyone out there who thought that Al Pacino was going to appear in the Godzilla vs. <laughs> Kong movie... That's a surprise guess. We should clarify this was not Al Pacino. Uh, Walter Simmons... Yeah, I reckon it was. Damien Bachir Nigira, just based on his photo, could have been. But he was so made up. Hair and makeup was like, can you give me the Pacino? Yes. <laughs> and they would have said, sorry. And he would have been like, this is the kind of role. He said, Rasa! <laughs> and then he said, Vittura, that's a good coffee. He was actually in, in the... Uh, he was in the makeup chair and he said, say hello to my little friend. Yes, he did. And that. it was a photo of Al Pacino. Yeah, and he said, and he handed make it to me the- look like <laughs> my little friend. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's how it came about. So anyway, so he's the CEO, Walter, a.k.a. Al Pacino Simmons, uh, gets uh, monarch scientist and hollow earth theorist Nathan Lind to guide a search for a power source into the hollow earth. Oh, is that where they go in that, where it looks like they're going into space? Are they actually going into the oh, hollow earth? Oh, the hollow earth. earth. Oh, that's what it looks like. Is it? There's a lot more laser in the hollow earth than I imagined. Yeah. Oh, so, all, oh my God. Isn't that funny that we didn't understand that? So it's all on earth. I think it's, well, it's all in earth. Oh, it's all in earth. <laughs> <laughs> We did look away a few times and we should have probably rewound because we got in a combo and looked back. We're like, wait, what the heck's happening here? <laughs> and again, I would say uh, to the big Kaiju fans uh, listening, Travis and others who are still certainly sticking with us, uh, we respect the form. And um, it was probably a mistake to watch this uh, so deep into a, a big shed day. Maybe, but also I, I feel like um, 
the depiction of the Hollow Earth is the one part of this film that I would take umbrage. Yeah, because we were like, what is this, Tron? It did feel like... Star Wars? It What's going on? There was a lot of laser and there was also... It felt also, like it was the 80s all of a sudden. It wasn't so much the Hollow Earth. It was the vehicles they were travelling through the Hollow Earth with yeah. had like blue... Uh, jet fuel. It felt like... That didn't feel of our time. No, it felt like the 80s thinking about the future. Yeah, it was, you know the, what I mean? it was the 80s version of space travel. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's what it was. There maybe are that's what the hollow earth is like. Don't you think there are people... I've not read Jules Verne. People yelling at their iPods right now going, that's the point. Exactly. It was a stylistic choice. People from the what 80s... Yeah. Something who like still use iPods. And I'm like, get out of the 80s. Yeah. And we're sorry to all the kaiju fans out there. Uh, Linda's has I have no problem with the kaijus. I just want to say No, that. the kaijus have been great. Yeah, the kaijus have been fantastic. And the hazy kaijus uh, that we had before <laughs> was delicious. Someone's got to have made one. Actually, one of my favourite Melbourne beers is called the Kaiju Crush. Oh, yes. I know Kaiju Crush. Beautiful beer. Yeah. Uh, but we're not here to talk about them. We're talking about our Big sponsors Shed. who don't know they're our sponsors. Big yeah. Shed. I'd say unofficial sponsors. Can I tell you what I think a Big Shed would be good for? Perfect yeah. for housing, a couple of kaijus. Oh, yeah. And also a, a brewery. Like oh, yes. Quite true. a good-sized brewery. Yeah, yeah, true. You know that Body Jar play their 10-year birthday? That's incredible. So good. I wish I was there. Yeah. But, yeah, they're so fun. We met so many uh, of their crew there. All legends. Were they? Each and every one was the best? Yeah. It was like the... No- they like- were delightful. They were very, uh, very friendly, very, like... I don't know, effortlessly. They were just... They all is, exuded charm. This is our home yeah. and welcome, welcome to it. And please be at home. Make yourselves at home. Yes. And I, we felt at home. Felt right at home. Yeah. Love that place. Um, so if you're ever in the Adelaide area... Hey, and if you're a fan of the music of Cold Chisel, you know who is a regular there? The harmonica player. It's pretty. That's in- insane. And it was just coincidence. Every day they said he's in there. Yeah. Craig, one of the... The, the brewers. No, he's well, no, the owner. He's, he's the one owner. of the owners. Yeah, yeah. He was saying when they started at a different site, I heard music playing from a nearby warehouse and they went over like, this sounds great, what's this? And they went over there and all of a sudden they're like, holy shit, that's... Well, it's not Cold Chisel, but it's the Cold Chisel Harmonicus. Yeah. Can I say that? You can. Uh, is Harmonicus the right word? I do. I forget his name, which is why we're... It's brewers. Richard. Richard Blatt? No. No, you're thinking of Oliver Platt. <laughs> you don't you gotta remember that you don't edit this, but um I'm not I don't have to you don't have to David Blight. Jeez, we were close. Richard Blatt, David Blight. But yeah, he's um he fucking shreds on that harmonica. He does some harm to that onica, if you know what I mean. No, you don't. Doesn't matter. Doesn't you don't have to don't worry about it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, so, Lind uh, is hesitant. I'm Skarsgård. Lind is Skarsgård. Yep. Okay. So, Lind 
um, convinces Andrews. Andrews, of course, being <laughs> who the fuck is Andrews? Oh, that might <laughs> be. Too many um, names. Have I mentioned Andrews yet? Andrews might be who we thought was uh, oh, Eileen Andrews. Looks yes. a bit like Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, but she's been in heaps of stuff. Yeah, when we I'm looked at, I'm very familiar with her. And she's I just been in every my... movie I've ever watched. Yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. Been tireless from before she was born. Hardworking actor. Yeah. Um, never gets the credit. Never gets no. the credit. Often gets mistaken for Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, Plaza which who is, is a lazy actor. Yeah, quite Hardly in anything. A bit disrespectful, to be honest. People are often going, oh, Aubrey, great work. You're working so hard. And she just says, thank you. But we all know she's lying in a hammock most days, yes. all day, every day. Exactly. Um, and she's also, obviously... Uh, running the plaza. <laughs> Sometimes I'll go down. I'll be in Leichhardt in Sydney and I'll go to the Norton Plaza. Yeah. And I'll be thinking of Aubrey. Yeah. Well, because she should be there, but she's often not. She's not. She's lazy. Not lazy. She's in the hammock. If you're going to give your name Aubrey Plaza, you better get down to... The plaza. The plaza. Was what we keep yelling at her. <laughs> but Eileen Andrews... Yes. Is... Is like Aubrey Plaza only... Um, diligent And also is the character name I believe Yes Yes uh, What did you say? Eileen Andrews Eileen Andrews uh, Eileen Andrews Eileen Andrews <laughs> <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> Why is this taking so long? Because <laughs> of the big shed Yes Do you want to Do you mind grabbing I'll go grab it oh, I'll grab it I'll grab it You keep synopsising Because yeah I want to I really want to it's one of my, uh, I mean, one of my, I reckon the F year, uh, American Pale. That is, that's what, maybe the first beer of theirs I had. And uh, I got to tell you, I love it very much. But um, I haven't had a, I haven't had a beer. Oh man, is that one of the great sounds? I don't care what you're drinking, whether it's a Tina, non-alcoholic, which is one of my favorite drinks, which you're involved with. Yeah, Tina's a, a beautiful drink, and beautiful the drink. the can uh, pops just the same. Yeah, yeah. What? How would you explain Tina? It's an iced tea, but it's not sweet like a Lipton or like a. Yeah, it's got a dryness to it. It has a, but it does a roundness. Have a f- there's fruitiness to it at the yeah, same time. Yeah, there's a. It's sort of it's iced tea. It's tea based, but it's got sparkling. It's got coriander root and lime, and then it also has like pear juice to give it. I think and a bit of grape juice, so it's it's got the, what you love in wine is in a tina, but it's it's like lightly carbonated as well. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. To me, it's like a fancy agrum. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's a, it's like a, an agrum plus. It's elevated agrum. Mm. Yeah, agrum's like a great gateway drink. Yes. for tina. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, as a kid, I loved agrum. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe when I say kid, I mean my twenties. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> but. Tina was like, oh, I soon I had my first Tina and I had just happened to be holding in my other hand an agrum. Yep. And I smashed it against the brick wall. Okay. I thought you were going to say you put it down. but you, No, no. You I, s- I said I don't want this to exist anymore. Yeah. It's a waste of our time and space. My childhood was yeah. a waste. So, I, yeah, I shattered it there and then. And, and went on a rampage soon after uh, going through milk bars servos, uh, supermarkets, and I just found... Rounding the, up all the agrum. All the agrum and just shattering it on the floor. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. I said, that's from Tina, you piece of shit. <laughs> and I stomped on it. But I was, yeah. wearing, 
I was wearing shoes. And if anyone from a group is listening, that was not a, a Tina's sanction. No, no, Tina had nothing to do with no. it. I'm a vigilante. Yes. Uh, and I'm anti a groom now. But as a sort of adjacent spokesperson for Tina, I will say this. I wholeheartedly agree with your actions, Matt. <laughs> Honestly, Tina is so good. And like I'm before Tina, I thought a groom was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's not, not like, to shit on a groom. I'm not I'm saying a groom was very yes. good. That's just how good Tina is. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tina is like I mean I don't. I honestly, if if a groom was on fire, I wouldn't piss on it. <laughs> and I say that respectfully. True. Like I, I, I couldn't respect a groom more. Can I say this? If a groom, can, yeah. if a groom was on fire, I wouldn't piss on it either. I would probably call someone from the CSIRO, and I would say. We are dealing with something we've never dealt yes, with before. This liquid is on fire. Yeah, this is. Uh, do you? Yeah, and it's not have, until now unknown as a flammable material. Do you have a direct line to the Pentagon? Because I think we're fucked. Yeah, I think this might go all the way to the top <laughs> of Schweppes. <laughs> yeah. I think we might have discovered the Schweppevescence. Yeah, we thought Schweppevescence was a problem. This is this is Schweppe flammable. Yeah, this is worse. Yeah. Uh, so Lind, <laughs> I don't understand the story I'm telling you. Can you, I mean, I'd love, normally I could go, do you want to just tell it from how you remember it? But I don't know if you could. I'll try. Okay. Where, where are we up to? We're flying through the, the earth? I, yeah, I think we're into the, it's so I funny. I can take over we, from there. That's where I, I started thought, paying attention. I assume we went into another dimension, but I guess we sort of did. The, this is what made the film complicated. And when I said that I loved it and I thought it was art. And I'm so sorry to the Kaiju fans out there. Travis... And if there are others, you as well. But if you're a kaiju fan, maybe you're a purist and maybe you will agree that the two worlds, the two kaiju worlds, do not easily blend together. Because... But, but, and that's what I would have said as well, until I saw how well it was done in this film. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm like, how does how do these two worlds collide? Oh, beautifully as it turns out. But that's how you know you, you love something when you play devil's advocate. Yeah, still it wins yeah. over. I think we need to play devil's advocate, but we also need to admit that this is one of the best films. Yes. Yeah. I've been a devil devil's advocate my whole life, mm-hmm. and the only thing harder than that is being a. Um, I want to say Warner Brothers advocate. Yeah, who, being being a monsterverse advocate. Monsterverse advocate. That would have been funny if I had known. You're adverse to being a monsterverse. The right advocate, reference. Aren't you? I've just clicked on it. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, a yeah, I am a Warner Brothers you advocate. You're a WBA. There you go. That's correct. That's a good guess. So, I love the Kong line of this film. I'll tell you about that. I mean, everything Kong came up king. They go through the earth. That was a bit weird. The Tron stuff. Did confuse me, but on the other side, they're basically trying to get Kong home. They're these people, Lind and Andrews, and the little girl are communicating through sign language and, and heartfelt emotions with Kong because it was his ancestral home. They were trying to guide him to his ancestral home, and once he was there, he rediscovered his royalty. Yeah, he, he found sat on an a axe. throne. Yes. The axe like glow, glowed. He found an axe. It, it glue. It, it was as you described it, it. If it's glowing, is it? Did it glue? If you it's, know, it glowed. Because it, it's glowing blue, I think it. Glued. Oh, then it is glue. It, it is glue. It glue. Yes. It glue right blue. It glue blue. It glue right blue. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> sounds like I'm uh, misspeaking, but that's just that's a that's a kaiju term. Yes, and if you're in the inner earth, mm-hmm. that's how they speak. Yeah. 
But he, yeah, he found an axe like King Arthur, and then he yes, uh, he had to pull it out of the stone. Yeah, and then he charged it. He did. It was like a phone charging up, but he was the battery. He was the battery, and it and that it was I his batter, batter, battery axe. Yes, and that was, I thought was the first of many allusions to our current. That's what I loved about this film. Yeah, that's how you know when it's art when it is speaking about contemporary life. Yes, it was talking about Australian politics. They could take kaiju's. Yes, these uh, entities and characters from Japanese mythology, which are storied and historied, and they bring it to Godzilla was our John Howard. Life. Yes, uh, Kong was. Paul uh, Keating. Uh, P- Kim Beasley. Kim Beasley, sorry. <laughs> Kim Beasley. <laughs> the contemporary Australian politics, which I think is brave for such a big budget American slash Japanese film. Credit to Warner Brothers for doing their deep dive into Australian yeah. politics. But I think, yeah, you know, and and then who was the robot Godzilla? Uh, Tony Abbott. Abbott, yeah. Yes. So we haven't mentioned the robot Godzilla. That's the uh, real snowball where I thought the film maybe became a commentary on today's life. Okay. Because there there was this twist that actually Godzilla wasn't the villain. No. And And Millie Bobby Brown, she was trying to tell everyone, ain't nobody humping around. Godzilla's angry for a reason. Yeah. But they wouldn't listen. They said... Shush, little girl, what would you know? She's talking about Mother Earth. Yeah. She's Mother saying, Gaia. Yeah, she's saying that Mother Gaia, the temperatures are only getting hot for a reason. Mm. And the reason is we've been fucking around yeah. with our little wires and our little cables. When she says ain't nobody fucking around, she's being ironic because she means ain't nobody being not Fucking around. Yes, it's not nobody. Yeah. It is somebody. It is some. It's everybody. Yes. Yeah. It's all of us. But specifically, it's this guy who thinks he's it's El Pacino. It's mainly this guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's mainly Pacino. Yeah. He's, and he's there going, what an ass. <laughs> and honestly, he was being quite an ass. He was. But one thing I like about the Pacino character in this film is he had a good grasp of irony. Mm. He had good dramatic timing. He did. And he had a sense of humor because he said, Say hello to my little friend. And it was the biggest fucking yeah. monster I've seen. <laughs> it was funny because he caught me off guard. I wanted to say, Al, <laughs> your friend is actually huge. <laughs> and I said, I forgot who I was dealing with here, Al, you old dog. Yeah. Um, you're a genius. <laughs> that's yeah. why you're a genius. Yeah. You're all the way in. It is. And yeah. you can see that when you see him in coffee ads, I think. Yeah, says, and that's a good coffee. Because he'll Which sometimes seems to be, it's an ad I've never seen before, but he's playing on loop here in Adelaide. Can I pitch? An Victoria, ad? right here. It's can a good I, coffee. Can I pitch an ad to Victoria, please? If they're listening, I don't know. Oh no, Victoria is one com- of the big listeners. Okay, yeah, great. Can you have, please, for heaven's sake, Al Pacino, order an espresso? Oh, and when they bring it out, they bring his friend. A flat white. Yes. And they put the flat white down uh-huh. and then they put the small Mac or the espresso down in front of Pacino and he says, say hello to my little friend. Yeah, that'd be great. It's a small coffee. Yes. That's my little friend. And then he'll, and then he'll say, just for context, I think of the normal size coffee as my uh, normal size friend. Normal size friend. Yeah. Regular. I think the coffee parlance it's regular. Reg- this is my uh, and oh sorry, not to be rude. Please say hello to my regular size friend. Yeah, we're not we don't judge hey, here. Let's not be rude. Everyone comes in different sizes. You can say hello to my little friend, but 
If you're going to do that, please say hello to my... It would be rude my... to not say hello to everyone else. Yeah, regular-sized friend and my human friend. Yeah. Who's sitting right here. Yep. Who's drinking my little friend, which is a bit weird. He's the third banana. Is he? That's you. So you see some kinship with that man? Maybe I would love to. Yeah, right. What an ass! I've never seen that film, so it's I don't so even know... It's so good that we both only remember one quote each, and we both just keep trying to do <laughs> I don't it. even know if it's... <laughs> That's a good coffee. I know too, okay? I know too. And it, the other thing is I've just watched the Godfather trilogy in the last few weeks. Oh. So I should know quite a lot of... Right. Did you watch oh, them in oh, order? Oh, here we go. Yeah, I watched them in order. Oh, yeah, great. Uh, every time I think I'm out, they pull, they me, pull back me back in. in. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, I forget you've seen the third one. That's that why is, you know that uh, quote. That's what he says when um, he's trying to order an espresso, but they bring they put down a flat white in front yeah. of him. That's right. And it's irresistible, the Vittoria coffee. Yeah, he, that's a good coffee. That's a good coffee. I love how subtle it is. He's like, I'm not going <laughs> to overplay this. That's a good coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying any more than that. Yeah. But isn't there some weird ad he does in a movie or something where it's like full on, but it's like a spoof of an ad in the movie? doesn't matter. Uh, if you want to talk for two seconds, I'll look it up. Uh, is it Dog Day Afternoon? I think Pacino... I think a Pacino podcast could be a great uh, podcast. What would you call it? Uh, oh, great. Um, great question. I'm, tr- I'm going uh, Pacino Reservations. Oh, that's good. Al Pacino means yes in this case. Yeah, that's pretty good. But uh, yeah, it's a bit confusing actually. Yeah, yeah apparently um, he did a Dunkin' Donuts ad. And I've, I'm sure I've seen it, and it's real weird. But anyway, um, that's I mean that's fun for listeners who know what I'm talking about, and uh, even more fun for those who don't. <laughs> so what are we? We're in the middle of the Earth. Oh yeah. So but does he bring him back out? This is a bit where oh, we, also, we were confused. We, we found out that Al Pacino was he thought he was saving humanity by building a robot Godzilla. One of the problems with not having watched the previous films in this kaiju universe is... But we are now ready. We, I should say the only reason we're doing this... Because we wanted to watch the whole series, but the Godzillas don't seem to have any Kong in them. They have primates, they have humans. They're, they're but, two worlds apart. Yeah. yeah. But the film coming out this year, 2024, is, is a, another Godzilla vs. Kong. We're going to go see it at the cinema. It's another collab. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's how well this one went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People like the worlds coming together. People really like. I mean, it it made four hundred and seventy million at the box office. And perhaps we we didn't really uh, talk about that, but it, the title sequence. Oh, it dragged <laughs> in such a good way. It was beautiful. It it. You know what it reminded me of? Uh, some of my best sporting memories. Yeah. Because it was sort of like. Because uh, you played cricket. And yeah, it's a quite, but, which is a long, drawn-out sport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because it had the it had this illusion of it was building towards like the playoffs. It did feel like it was like a like a basketball finals. Yeah, because Kong, I don't know about Kong, but Godzilla was taken out. Yeah, all defeated, of his defeated. Yeah, yeah. And then, and they did allude to the fact that humanity was trying desperately to come up with something to mm. counter Godzilla. Lo and behold, it's Pacino. He has built what I it's think got a is name, called actually. a Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla, which is a fictional Mecha character that first appeared in the 1974 film Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Okay, so this is the human response. Yeah, 
it, it's evident at this point that f- like uh, fighter planes and regular... They're uh, impervious. Godzilla is impervious. Cannot be stopped. Even Kong tried but couldn't really Yeah, Kong, yeah. Kong was... They were an equal match. Yeah, and Kong was uh, bigger than ever before in this. Do you know yes. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got, I've asked for some um, listener feedback. I put the call out saying we're about to record this episode. And uh, can I say this? Tysob, I'm pre- pretty sure it's Tyson, but he's misspelled his own name, and that's fine. From Colac. <laughs> Could be Tysob as well. Maybe his name yeah. is Tysob. Maybe he's a relative of uh, Ty Cobb, the <laughs> baseballer from the old days. Anyway, uh, Tysob. Uh, great, great, great nephew of Ty Cobb from Colac writes, Fun fact, the original King Kong was 5.4 metres tall and over the years has been portrayed many different heights with the tallest being 102 metres in Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh. So that's quite a lot bigger For a than there, the original. You said 5.4 and I thought you were talking feet. So <laughs> that's You're like... That's me. <laughs> you, are you 5'4"? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I was talking in metres. Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, whoa. This, was, this is this is Ty Sob from Colac, not Ty Cobb from <laughs> America. I'm just trying to think. Of, imagine them pitching that. All right. The world has never seen anything like this. It's an ape who's five foot four. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the suit made already. We think it's a go. People will be terrified. But yeah, 5.4 metres tall was the original. And this one we just watched was 102 metres. Oh, what? Yeah, that's a big... That's a not a glob. That's a grow up. <laughs> uh, Tycho Tysob writes... Tyson writes, Godzilla has varied in height as well. But of the two Godzilla... Uh, has fought the biggest opponent in the form of Void Ghidorah. Uh, pretty sure it's pronounced Ghidorah. Oh my god, I nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I lo- it's it's so good how well the listeners know me that they often help me out with some <laughs> phonetic uh, spelling. Um, but Void Ghidorah measures a whopping nineteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine point seven five meters long. How do you beat... How long? 19,999.75 metres long. That's a lot more than 100. That's way more. That's like at least twice as long. 20, 20 kilometres. Yeah. That's... That wasn't depicted in this film. No, well, no, this is Void Ghidorah who wasn't oh. in this film. That's um, Godzilla's biggest opponent. Can you believe that? Godzilla beat Void Ghidorah. I imagine. I don't think Godzilla is a loses very often. Um, but yeah, there's, we'll finish when we finish the episode. We'll um, go through a uh, bunch of these other things. But we should finish the story of this uh, cinematic film. Yes. So then uh, it it so turns out, and we kind of predicted this as the film buffs we are, Matt, that uh, Godzilla and King Kong had to work together. Yeah, the in a way, the film title was a little misleading. A bit was of misdirection. It Godzilla vs. Kong, or was it Godzilla teaming up with Kong? So, in the end, they didn't really bury the lead. No. They buried the story. Yeah. They. That's a good title, should. 
They it was hidden in plain sight. Yes. Godzilla and Kong were right there, but that verse that, that verse yeah. yeah, very clever. They were like I like to think of Warner Brothers as far away close up magicians. Yes. So that, they're doing this from America to us. The from, verse, they're from far away, but they are yeah, they go and look over a here. A little bit of sleight of hand. Yes. The verse that's right. is a, a bit of like uh they're holding Something bright and colourful in their left hand mm. while their right hand is... Uh, fiddling away. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is an adult-only show, so you don't have to worry what they're fiddling with. No. Well, they're fiddling with us. Yes. Aren't they? Yes. And our minds. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i not saying it's okay or it's not okay, but I'm saying I don't think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then what happens? So we've got... Um, Kong and Godzilla. Godzilla kind of has Kong. So we we got a classic Godzilla versus Kong fight on a cityscape. Only it's like in a Tron type world. Yes. There's like a lot of uh, fluoro lights. Yes. Uh, and there are people in those towers. Just, I mean, I'm sure people have noticed this before because this movie is a few years old. But why are there people in those skyscrapers? Surely, once you see Godzilla about, head out to the burbs. Well, the alarm's ringing. I would yeah, have thought. Yeah, just get on out of there. Yeah, the but anyway, they have a safe place to be. And Kong's there, and Kong's—you so assume Kong's heart's in the right place because, of course, Kong. I think a you don't you understand the think work about, ethic of the modern uh, oh, young professional yeah. in Tronsville. In Tronsville, but also because I, I wanted to say, "Geez, Kong is there with his heart in the right place," but. Isn't he doing more damage than good? Because Godzilla wasn't... All of a sudden, he's fighting Godzilla and buildings are coming down. But then I think, you know, you can see it in his face throughout the film. Kong has humanity. He has humanity. Don't you think? Yeah. he. I think Kong actually... Uh, th- that's why he's the hero of this story. Mm. He's one of us. Yeah. You can see the emotion in his face a lot more than the uh, the swimming lizard man. Because I would say there's a little bit of... And tell me if you agree with this, Matt. But I would say there's a little bit of humanity in every animal. Mm. And we as humans... Especially the humans. We as humans just happen to be have the most. Humanity. Yeah, we, we have maximum humanity. Yes. Because we're humans. I mean, we make the rules there. That's, that's why it's named yeah. after us. It's just, co- it's just named after us because we have the maximum yeah. of it. But, but if you took an ape... Mm-hmm. Which has a little bit of humanity. Yeah. In it. I hear what you're saying. And then you dial it up. What, to like 100 or so meters? Say it starts off at 5.4 feet. Yeah. <laughs> 5 foot okay. 4. That's its starting. A point. good size. A good size. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I'm nothing to sneeze at. And then from that, you do sneeze and it, it blows, blows it up, up yeah. to 100 feet or meters? Uh, meters. Meters. That I mean, we are going off Ty Cobb's maths here, but he said, yeah, 102 <laughs> metres. Thanks, Ty Cobb. That is an excessive amount of humanity. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, a normal-sized gorilla has some humanity. Well, because we are but apes. Are we, we are, not? that's true. We're, yeah. we're some of the greatest apes. We yeah. are great apes, but yes. so are gorillas. Yes. I don't want to diminish the greatness of gorillas. So far, far be it for us to think that we have like heaps more humanity than a gorilla. That's a very good point. I, if, that if, would be arrogant. If you take a gorilla. Which regular, one? Regular size. I'll never take a gorilla. I think they should live their lives as they want to. You don't have to. Just 
Yep. <laughs> figuratively speaking. Oh, figuratively. Yeah, yeah. I'll figuratively take if it. If you girl. need a name. Yeah. Harambe. Harambe. The sweet prince himself. Exactly. Sweet prince. How much humanity is uh, there there? I mean, he was up to the freaking eyeballs and He's stuff. He's up Harambe. to the eyeballs. If you grossed him up to 100 meters. Grossed him up. Yeah. Blew him up. I'm not going to blow up Harambe, Saran. He, he's already been shot, I guess. But, uh, yeah, what is the verb I'm thinking of? Well, I think the I think we'd have to refer Expanded. to... What was the um, the sequel for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah, Honey, I... I think it was Exploded. Yeah. Was it? Um, I'll find out um, while you're talking. Well, you finish your point there. Well, my point is just that this ape has a lot of fucking goddamn humanity. Yes. No, I think I can't... I don't think I can argue with that. And you can see it in his face. Yeah, you really can. You see, I would say in this film, and, uh, you know, it should perhaps have been obvious from the title, but but Kong is the key protagonist. You were right. It was... Honey, I blew up the kids. Blew up? Yeah, blew him up. So you, you would blow up Harambe? Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, to me didn't sound right, but I was wrong. <laughs> and I'm sorry about that. That's all right. So what, yeah, what we're saying is that he's... Uh, after this, he's, he's doing his best to destroy the Mecha Godzilla. Yes. But after this, it wouldn't be too... Unexpected for him to put on like a live aid concert. Yeah. Some sort of uh, be- benef- benefit. Were you distracted by your thought then or that squeak? There was squeak. Was there that was one squeak. of those Razor scooters? Or what was I think it might, oh, I don't know. Razor scooters. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, someone know. came through a time traveling portal. <laughs> portal. I've just, I've just found out because you were... You're really uh, bigging up the humanity and the facial work of Kong. That was the fine work of Eric Peaty. Oh, great work, Who provided the full body performance as well as the facial and facial capture. I was going to say this to you, but I was afraid of uh, being wrong. Mm. But I was going to say, I feel like they've used a human's expression. Because it was that vivid. Yeah. It was beautiful. Have we... So have we said Godzilla basically defeats Kong... But doesn't doesn't offer a knockout blow. Oh, before it, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a little humanity in Godzilla as well. Godzilla lets Kong go, then the robot, uh, the mecha yeah. Godzilla comes in. Godzilla defeats Kong before Kong goes to the. To oh, Earth. twice, but also again afterwards. In the cityscape, does it oh. again, and like it's Godzilla standing over Kong. Oh yes, that's you're right. You're right. Um, uh, but lets him go. And then at one point Kong drops his axe onto the ground. Yeah, and I think, I think I saw him sign, and my axe. <laughs> um, I don't know what that was in reference to. No, probably uh, he's he's pointing out how once he was small, and now he's a hundred foot. What meters? Hundred two meters tall. Meters. I just want to quickly point out the listeners that. The the microphone stuff you're hearing is Saran absolutely wobbling the shit out of the mic. <laughs> but usually at the, the studio, it's very still. Yeah, that's right. It's I mean, it's it's adding a huge new element holding the mic, <laughs> really? which yeah. is what we do every night. 
but for some reason, you could just mention at the start it was very noticeable. Well, yeah, I know it's only it's become increasingly bad as okay. it's gone along. But it's also, a lot of the big shed is yeah, um, our great sponsor tonight, and we thank everything for them for um, explicitly supporting everything we've said. <laughs> All right, so at this point now we are faced with this human caused problem, mm. the AI. Yes, Al Pacino. The, what uh, can you just just quickly? AI is actually L. I thought it was oh, an I. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a capital it's a I, but it's a lowercase L. <laughs> AI Pacino. <laughs> if um, because he he liked obviously of his creation, he liked all of it. But do you think if if there was a feature of of the Mecha Godzilla that he liked the most, what would you think it would be? Um. It's crotch. Oh, I would have thought it'd be his ass. <laughs> that was, I'm getting further away from it. It's more like a Jimmy Barnes yeah. than a Alpch. Uh, so yeah, so the the ro- the Mecha Godzilla comes in and is looking undefeatable. It's taking Godzilla apart. Kong's getting involved. It's sort of evening out a bit, um, but it, I think. Pretty late, Kong really tears it apart a bit. Yeah, it has. At this point, by the way, we should point out when the Mecha Godzilla is first introduced, it's human operated. Yeah, which is why I think this might be a comment on our current world. Is yeah, because Kim Beasley, the, the humans, Kim Beasley, they've created the technology. Yeah, Scott, uh, Ma- Malcolm Temple said that uh, you know coding is the future. Yeah, Turnbull, Turnbull's Mecca, not Tony Abbott. Turnbull's pushed us all into this coding future. Yes. And then... Oh, do you think Nick Cody's represented? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. And then his brain's frazzled. The human in there is frazzled because it all gets too much. Mm. And Mecha Godzilla goes out on its own. Yes. And... Uh, what have I done? I don't know if he says that, but... Yeah. Maybe he's thinking that. What have I done? What have I done? What a nice ass. Yes. I really should watch that because I've heard, I think I'm doing a third-hand impersonation. Yes, that's someone impersonating, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't actually understand the very last two minutes of the movie. Okay, well, let me see if this um, wikipedia.org. Wikipedia. Wikipedia.org, uh, if this helps us out. It says... Madison, Josh, and Bernie, that's uh, Millie Bobby Brown, someone else, and Paperboy, are caught by security and taken to Walter, who is A.I. Pacino, uh, and they order Ren, who I don't know who that is. I think that's me. Oh, that's Ren. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sue Ren. It was a silent Sue. To activate Mechagodzilla. We've talked about this. Jeez, they they race through the end of the film if their last paragraph starts there. (laughs) Uh, which is then possessed by Ghidorah's consciousness. Oh, that's... Yeah, that, that's something we didn't talk about because there's like the head. You know that head with wires coming out of it? Yeah. That's uh, that's the consciousness of Ghidorah. Right. What a great onomatopoeic sort of name. Ghidorah. <laughs> Ghidorah. Sounds like a ball bouncing. <laughs> Ghidorah. Uh, anyway, so... Yes, okay. Ghidorah's consciousness fills Mecha Godzilla. Um, I think I've ordered dinner off Ghidorah before. <laughs> Lind revives Kong by detonating the heave on his chest 
acting like a defibrillator. Gia convinces Kong to help Godzilla. As Mechagodzilla overpowers both Titans, Josh momentarily short-circuits Mechagodzilla's controls with Bernie's flask of liquor. Oh, yeah, that's right. He pours a flask of liquor and he's... At first, he's annoyed by it, but he's like, oh, it seems to be working. Okay, can but- I ask your Kaiju listeners... You can ask them, but they won't be able to respond. Okay, but do immediately. You it, do you think it, it was transparent that that uh, what happened there was it was Ghidorah? Ghidorah, <laughs> the, the consciousness of Ghidorah. I think it probably was if you were paying any attention. Okay, I don't think a ninety-two percent approved film is a mess. I think that might have been the viewers tonight. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, no, you're right, actually. Uh, Godzilla charges Kong's axe with his atomic breath. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Allowing Kong to destroy Mechagodzilla. Madison, Bernie, and Josh reunite with Madison's father, Mark, who is uh, the coach from Friday Night Live. Yes, Carl Chandler. Carl Chandler, yep. Great uh, comedian room runner from Melbourne. Melbourne. And... um, I think he'd be okay with me calling him a great comedian. <laughs> uh, and uh, Godzilla and Kong acknowledge each other and go their separate ways. <laughs> I love that. It's such a funny thing to have written down. You know, the huge lizard and the huge ape. They acknowledge each other yeah. and go their separate ways. Uh, sometime later, Monarch establishes an observation post in the Hollow Earth where Kong now rules. And I guess oh. that sets us up for the next film. So there's a new, that's a new simulation, but it's in the Hollow Earth. It's in the Hollow Earth. And it feels like a jungle again. Yeah, which is where I'd, I'd love, I mean, it's very calm. I like a space film. I was saying to you during the film, and it's important that I give that context, <laughs> but I, I quite enjoy like the Star Wars serial shows on, on Disney. On Disney. I think they're just slow and relaxing in these weird yes. places. Yeah. I find them to be quite comforting. Well, there's one but this little error like that only hectic. This was so hectic. Yeah. Probably because of the Tron stuff. It was mainly the Tron stuff. A bit of Pacino. But it did, I, I have to admit, despite being a cinephile and, and loving film and, and thinking this was up there with Fellini and, um, you know, uh, 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 a lot of the great directors of, of yeah no who, what, what's your top five Fellini's in the top five for you? yep Fellini who are the other four uh, the, uh, uh, Wong Kar Wai yep. and uh, the Japanese uh, guy as well and, Wong Kar Wai uh, the Japanese guy no the, he's the, the Japanese one okay Akura so that's three yep that's yep. three um, Scorsese uh, is oh, four. You like you like the work of Marty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love which is what Marty. I call him. But love a bit of Marty, and then probably uh, fifth. If I had to have a top five, it's okay to say, and I know you want to, and you, you there's a bit of cultural cringe, but Shane Jacobson, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, sorry, Shane Jacobson's brother, <laughs> the director of Candy. Clay, 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 Clay. Clay Jacobson. So good. Uh, that is, yeah, I don't know how you knew that. But, uh, yeah, that's my top five. But I, I think, all right. It was mainly in my head because um, in Adelaide we've been hanging out with a few pod listeners, including maybe the wildest man I've met in a while, uh, in a while called Jez. And uh, he, he looks like 
Aussie Lee Schreiber, but he will insist that he looks like Kenny. Yes. And he doesn't, but he has made me think of Clay Jacobson a bit and how he's uh, one of Australia's... Director um, Clay Jacobson. Yeah, one of the... Yeah, one of Australia's better, and, better uh, modern directors. So I, I just think... Okay. It's funny, I, do you reckon Kenny is... I think Kenny was a really good film, right? Yes. But it's it's such a it's such a funny thing to be like a, a you look like Kenny joke for someone when it's like he doesn't actually look like Kenny. He looks nothing. He, he looks do- like Aussie Leave Schreiber. He looks like Aussie Leave Schreiber. Yeah. But it is a funny thing to be like, oh, you look like Kenny. Because you're like, oh, in the movie, he was a toilet guy. Do you think that's what it is? It's like, we got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'd be pretty happy to look like uh, uh, Shane Jacobson, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I think that man's doing okay, all right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. When someone is told they look like Kenny, but they don't look anything like Shane Jacobson, they're just sort of a large guy. Yeah, they're saying you look like a guy could clean toilets. Yes, <laughs> but because everyone laughed every yeah. time he said it, everyone he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But yeah. he didn't look anything like Nothing him at all. Like he him. looks so much like Aussie, Aussie Lee Schreiber. It was uncanny, uncanny. You don't even have to say Aussie Lee Schreiber. No, he, he looks, looks like, like Lee Schreiber because Lee Schreiber doesn't look like he speaks any accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was uncanny. <laughs> so uh, I, it's been a while since we've done this show nearly a year so um, if I can try and remember how we finish um, I normally get a banana score so firstly uh, how big's your bunch what if you're going to and you've done it here you bought a bunch of bananas a few days ago I did yeah, how yeah. big's your bunch normally uh, five five yeah I go a bunch of seven normally one one per day of the week okay and also just having one in case of a, a double banana day. But um, uh, how if you were giving this film a score out of that bunch of five, how many bananas and how ripe are they? Four. Four? Yep. Four out of five bananas? Yep. How ripe are they? They're green. Green. Yeah. They're fresh. They're fresh. They've I think got, they've got, there's a bit to go on their future. I think this was a film that was good, but you have to let it ruminate. Mm-hmm. Maybe put some avocados with it. Yeah, exactly. So it's good now, but in time... Do avocados ripen bananas or the other way around? I think bananas ripen everything. Oh, right. Yeah. that's. I mean, it's a magical fruit. But what do you do if you have unripe bananas? I know people have said in the past that beans, beans are the magical fruit, but I would argue that bananas are. Yeah. I don't think uh, beans... Being a fruit that the more you eat, the more you toot is magic at all. I think bananas giving you potassium. Now that's magic. I thought that the beans people were referring to with the, the beans. Oh, Jack. Yeah, the beanstalk beans. Okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Then they're a magical yeah. fruit. And if they mean the more you eat, the more you toot. If you get them, the from more a- you grow a magical stalk that takes you up to a, a cloudland. Uh, where a, a giant has a, a goose that lays golden eggs yes. and a harp that maybe sings itself yeah. or something. I haven't come across a banana yet that does that. No, but it have But it will they are take chock an apple full of potassium. From, yeah, yeah, and it will take an apple from uh unripe to juicy. Oh yeah. And delectable. That's where I want it to be. So I give it a I give it a uh, my bunch of seven 
And I'm going to say on a different day, I would have understood this movie more, I think. But I enjoyed the vibe. I love seeing Kong out and about. I love that he's huge. I love that we got to see him. Bigger than ever. I love, I mean, to you, this is normal Kong. You've never seen him before. Yeah. But I love that now you go any less than 102 meters is not enough No, I always thought he was my height and uh, five foot four. Right. And you thought Godzilla was about the same. (laughs) 20 kilometers, I thought he was. Um, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say maybe five and a half, five out of seven. But I, I really it's hard to say because I I don't know if I took it in in its full glory. But I'll say this: it was great cinema, and uh, the bananas were just probably ready to go tomorrow. I've just had a look at them now. I'm like, oh, they're so close to perfecto. Uh, the other thing we talk about is our DNA percentage because uh, some sort of scientist and a good friend of both of ours, Andy Matthews, he uh, once told me, now probably about 40 years ago, (laughs) that um, humans and chimpanzees share about 99% DNA, 98. Wow. Uh, How much of yourself as a percentage do you see in Kong in this film and and for what reason? What a fantastic question, man. Thank you so much. I think um, I think ninety nine percent is understating. Yeah, how much I see. Yeah, you were, it was a mirror for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like I would have acted in or each uh, predicament Kong was put in, mm. each challenge you he would had have to done. face. When he zigged, you would have zigged. I when he zigged. zagged, you would have zagged. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's close to a hundred. Yes. And the other thing is, you're both. Um, you've both starred in blockbuster films. That's correct. You're he's, in the MCU, he's in the MonsterVerse. Yeah, that's true. I. Uh, How I, are the residuals? Are they flowing in from uh, Love and Thunder? I think they. I think I probably should have joined the union. Oh, no. <laughs> I think they're sitting with the union. Okay. Maybe I'll join the union. But I'm in that tricky position where it feels like it costs more to be a union member. Right. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. But you'll but, never know. But I don't think that's Kong's. Maybe I should I should zig where Kong would zig. Yeah, I think Kong's a union man. Yeah, he'd be a union man for sure. Yeah, I think I think Kong. I've seen. I think actually during the writer strikes and the actor strikes, I saw Kong on the picket line. Yes, he dominated it. To be honest, if anything, um, so you're saying a hundred percent? Yeah, I, f- I feel a, a real affinity with Kong. I would say Kong. The one bit I didn't relate to was the bit in the inner Earth. Okay. Oh, so you because I've not yet been. Are you docking any points for that or not? No, it's less him. That's more yeah. Sales so, but he probably to, as what he did, you would. Do. I would have done yeah, what yeah. he did. Yeah. Uh, I would say I see a lot of myself in him as well. Um, brave, yep. uh, heroic. Yep. Uh, never say die. Yep. Uh, apart from those times, it was like oh, I think I I'm gonna die occasionally. Need yeah, to occasionally be defibrillated. Like, oh. Yeah. But yeah, there's other things that I don't like. He's got very dark hair. My hair's red. Yes. Um, I like to charge my phone. He's 102 meters tall. I'm not even two meters tall. Like he's over 100 meters taller than me. So there's a few. I've never been in a blockbuster film. Yes. Um, I am more similar to him. You're right. Yeah. So I'd say uh, carry the two. I'd say 69% probably. All right. Now we're going to finish with. I mean, <laughs> you've got more patience than most of my guests. So, 
You tell me when you've had enough of these because we got. Well, I thought you were talking to the listeners then. <laughs> no, no, I mean they Which can. I thought it was bold to assume that they're still there. I mean they can stop at any time, but I I asked for I asked for questions or comments, and we have quite a few. So you tell me whenever you feel like whenever you're ready, you say just one more, okay? Okay. And you can say that from now. So this first one comes from Dan Helmers. Dan, a uh, Dane, sorry, Dane, uh, Dane. I met at. Uh, the Damien Cowell uh, concert at the Corner Hotel a few months ago. Uh, Damien Cowell, a previous guest on the show. And Dane asked the question, or I'm, I think I'm going to have to put this one to you, Soren. Does King Kong throw any barrels? Because you're a big Donkey Kong I'm fan, I'm a Donkey Kong fan, and that is one thing that I uh, noticed in this film is they, I suspect, might not have a, fa- a familial relationship. Right. Because I would have expected a lot more barrel throw. Yeah, there were no barrels. There was no ties. There were some moments where I thought, okay, Godzilla's going to use his breath of death or whatever. Mm. But maybe he wouldn't have needed to had uh, there been some barrels on hand. Yeah, full of gunpowder. To stop Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Because, yeah, King Kong was kind of... It was all fists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very fist heavy. He was very, very fist focused. Yeah. Uh, fighter. But I thought if yeah, I thought a barrel would not have gone astray. Yeah, get a barrel out there, mate. Uh, great question and well answered, I'd say. The next one comes from Dog Marta from Vancouver, BC. Doc Martin. Dog Marta. Oh. Uh, well, maybe it's yeah, maybe it, I don't know. Maybe it's, it hasn't given me um, phonetic spelling there. It could be Doc Martin. The um, Michael J. Fox film could be writing in. Um, Doc Marta. Doc Marta or Doc Martin writes. Is that right? Did he have a film called Doc Martin? Or am I thinking of someone else? I think it's The Shoe. It's The Shoe, isn't it? I'm thinking of Doc, Doc Hollywood was the Michael J. Fox thing. Who's Doc- the Doc from um, Back to the Future? Yeah, I think I'm... <laughs> I think what I've done there is merge He's Doc Marty Brown Mc- and Marty McFly into... <laughs> Doc, Doc Martin, Martin. <laughs> And then I've, I've rem- I vaguely remember the film Doc Hollywood <laughs> And I've merged all of that knowledge together But there was I think I'm pretty sure there was a Doc Martin uh, Like a A dra- dramedy from the UK Oh yes With yeah, the guy UK. from uh, yeah, yeah, Men yeah. Behaving Badly The guy with the big The blockhead Yeah Yeah It's on Britbox uh, So Doc- Everyone's parents would be watching it Yes Yes <laughs> Dogmata uh, asks, if Godzilla and Kong were duking it out in Australia, what landmarks slash cities would be featured? Or, you know, I feel like... I feel like I know where the dog wants me to go here. Okay. And I can't help but take you there because obviously it would be the... the You know, if, if they're going to do a big international film franchise like this... It's going to be the... It's all, like in Australia... If you see a movie in Australia, even for a scene at the end of the world ending, it's always the same, yes. you know, the icons yeah. of the world that yep. are instantly recognisable as Australia. Yeah. It's the, the Rialto. It's the Rialto. It's the uh, the big jump bucket, Goldman. Yeah, the uh, Rambo, the, I mean, give it its proper name, Rambo, the, the big Merino. Sorry, the big Merino at uh, Goldman. Big jump buck is very old-timey Australian <laughs> language, which I appreciate all the same. Uh, maybe I think it might be also like um, the uh, Westgate Bridge. Westgate Bridge. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, probably that weird koala near the border of Victoria and South Australia. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. Puffing Billy. <laughs> yeah, they would definitely take out Puffing Billy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they want, if they want to say Australia without having to spell it out, I think they'd get Puffing Billy there. Yeah. Uh, maybe Dean Street, Albury, the the village cinemas there, or is it Hoyts? Iconic cinema. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dean Street, Albury. I mean, that's to me. That's I'm mean, Gold Coast often tries to sell itself as Hollywood on the Gold Coast, but to me. Dean Street, La La Aubrey. Land of Australia is Dean Street, Albury. Albury, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Broken Hill? I've always thought it's Albury is more like San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. Because then you've got Wodomba, that's like Oakley. Yeah. Oklahoma. Oakland? Oakland. <laughs> Oakley's a <laughs> Melbourne <laughs> suburb. <laughs> Oklahoma, a very different... Well, Oak, one of the Oaks. <laughs> 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 um, great question, Dog Martin. I, I assume, assume the because we've seen we've seen Independence Day, we've seen Mission Impossible too. We know, we know the kinds of landmarks they feature yes. when they they try to sell Australia quickly. Totally. Um, and yeah, it's probably any of the above. It might be even the um, old uh, mill that's at Punt Road. Yeah, the clock, the Nilex with sign. the Nilex sign. Uh, the clock on the sun says it's 11 degrees. That iconic. Yeah, iconic stuff. Or the, you know, the skipping vinegar, vinegar girl. Oh, yeah. Vinegar. That's how I know some international listeners do if, a soft G for vinegar. If, if you look it up on Wikipedia, oh, yeah. you will see vinegar. Vinegar, yep. Uh, next one comes from James Raymond from Newport in Wales. And I think he would have enjoyed a lot of those references <laughs> from Wales. Old uh, frontman of Australian Crawl? James Raymond. <laughs> James Rain. It's, it's close. Um, <laughs> James writes, are there any new developments in the Ape Titty slide saga? Oh, my God, James. I have not thought about that in a while. <laughs> If there's any appetite for it, I'll get the gang back together. <laughs> oh, wow. Because you know what? I think we are just about ready to blow that case wide open. Um, hit us up if you can because, yeah, I'd, uh, man, I find them those episodes very fun to record. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. But, yeah, Jackson Bailey was on a recent episode of Who Knew It? And uh, his mind seemed just as sharp as ever. <laughs> he seemed like a man who was ready to blow things wide open. Uh, great call. Thank you, James. Next one comes from Alfie Hanks. Could he be any relation, do you think, to Alfie Langer? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alfie Hanks <laughs> from North London <laughs> writes, if you could team up any fictional character with a primate companion, what combination would you pick? And as I always encourage listeners to do, Alfie has offered his answer. Do you want to hear Alfie's yes, first? Yes, thank you. Alfie writes, I think the idea of Gandalf with an Emperor Tamarin on his shoulder is delightful. Cheers, lads. Man, that's going to be hard to beat, to be honest. Gandalf being the uh, Harry Potter's wizard friend <laughs> and the Emperor Tamarin, a beautiful little monkey. I know it's a monkey. Sometimes but it's Jesus. hard to know when you're joking. <laughs> I often don't know either. <laughs> That's a, I get to cover a lot of blank spots in my knowledge when I can <laughs> just go with it. Um, Emperor Tamarin. I believe, I think technically they are a monkey, but very easily could put them in the cutie pie category. But I can see why 
he's thought to pair them up because he has a beautiful white beard. Oh as well. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful animal. Wait, are you saying that there's cutie pie is its own category? Man. Yeah, the cutie pies are neither apes or monkeys. I think that they've got another name, but Jess Perkins okay. uh, at some point made it easier for all of us to just group them together. And as so can pies. I just clarify? I think lemurs are in there. All this time, mm-hmm. I've been under the potentially misapprehension that I am a great ape. No, you are a great ape. Okay. Oh, you're... I didn't know that it was mutually exclusive. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, well, you might be one of the... Re- you, are you the missing link between I great have, apes and cutie pies? I have been called a cutie pie before. <laughs> I never thought of it until now, but you might be the rare great cutie pie ape. <laughs> great question, Alfie Hanks. Thank you so much. This one comes from Alex Mallon from London. Oh, this is uh, movie-related. In Godzilla vs. Kong, the filmmakers make Kong much taller than in previous movies. Good observation. This is much like what Ty Cobb was saying before. Um, uh, so, And in this one, they make him bigger so that he's the same size as Godzilla. This got me wondering, oh, Alex, when your mind wanders, we want to go on that journey <laughs> with you. This got me wondering, what's the limit on how big Kong can be? Oh, Seren, good question. How big... Do you think there is a limit? It's 22,000 kilometers. Oh, okay. Yeah, he can't that's be bigger the limit. than Ghidorah. And that's only... But is that because that's the biggest number that is known? <laughs> yeah. Um, I hadn't even thought about that, but mm. you're right. Yeah, I, I couldn't name a bigger I was number. thinking about Ghidorah, which which actually makes you me realise... void Void Ghidorah. Void Ghidorah is the Very biggest number. Very specific Ghidorah. Yeah, the one, he's Ghidorah. the one... That, that's why it's void, because mm. he's actually gone beyond the scale yeah. of numbers. Like, they've tried to scan Ghidorah's uh, barcode <laughs> at the checkout, yeah. and it's just saying void. void. Too big. Yeah. We can't compute that number. <laughs> yeah. That is a void Ghidorah. <laughs> uh, will they make him bigger? How about how small could they make Kong, Alex continues? Could they make him as small as a normal gorilla? Smaller? Well, I think Soren's already thinking this. Is he even still King Kong if he's smaller than a normal-sized gorilla? Honey, Ooh. I shrunk the Kongs. Yeah. Is he, but he's still, like, Kong is, is Kong more it, than his size? It makes it redundant if you make him the size of a normal gorilla. Oh, you reckon? If you're going to change his size, it has to be smaller. Yes. And it has to be some sort of freak. Like pocket-sized Kong. Yeah. And he's given advice. Once he's progressed into his sort of later, I guess, octogenarian, mm. octogenarian um, era, he might be too. He he's got to go into consulting. Yes. Okay. Oh, so he's in the pockets of other Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is like Giving son of advice. Kong and stuff like that. So. Oh, Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong. Yes, he did. <laughs> What, oh, we forgot to mention my favourite moment of the film was when, um, I think it was p- probably a bit tongue-in-cheek, but they went We to have talked about him scratching his ass. Okay. The Jim, the Jim Belushi moment. That was more finger-in-cheek. Uh-huh. That was finger-in-cheek. But they uh, went to <laughs> Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. That's with, fun. With no reference to... Um, yeah, you were you were begging for it. Yeah, I thought there could be something there, some play there. Isn't that fun? That's you know? that's fun. 
I think it's fun. That's fun. I think I was out of the room at the time, but you did. I could hear your excitement. Yeah, okay. Don't absolve yourself now. (laughs) You were sitting next to me on the couch. (laughs) It's been a very long podcast. It has. Um, I'm so, too. I'm one of those people who's too polite to to me tell you too. to stop. Me too. That's why. It's but it a, does feel like we've answered quite a lot of questions. There's still twelve to go. Oh, let's do three. Okay, three more, <laughs> and we because we can do another episode. Yeah, if, we're going. If anyone is still listening this. now, yeah, thank you, thank you, <laughs> from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for fast forwarding through everything so far. <laughs> but if you are, um, uh, Saran and I are going to be in Adelaide. Uh, Depending on when this comes out, we're going to be here for another about a week. If you're in town, come see us at Dry Dryer. Um, but um, if you've got an idea for another piece of monkey media or ape media or cutie pie media uh, <laughs> that you want us to do an episode on, let us know, and then we can get through the 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 other nine comments and questions who are from, by the looks of it, a fantastic array of people, <laughs> including. Oh, Including one from San Francisco, um, which I think you just referenced before. Uh, this one comes from David Coupe. I'm going to go in uh, chronological order, though. You mean the Oakley's sister city? Oakley's sister city, that's right. David Coupe, uh, drive away no more to pay, um, from <laughs> Hapton in England, which is almost definitely not what it's called because English places are never pronounced like what they look like they are. <laughs> Uh, David Coupe says, "We know there are sl- uh, we know where the slides would be positioned on a statue of King Kong. You might not know this, but there was there was a mini series of this show where we tried to get to the bottom of this photo we found of a big Kong statue with slides coming out where its nipples should be. What do you mean slides? Like like a like like a playground like slide. a playground slide. <laughs> there was this photo <laughs> online about four something years ago and we did a series trying to get to the bottom of them and we amazingly we got so far into it that a listener even traveled to um the park in i mean i sure it's either austria or switzerland for some reason i get those too confused but harry malter park he went there and he recorded himself going down the slide and it honestly gave me chills. But, um, <laughs> but Wait, so you, there's a stairs at the back of the ape? Wait, okay. Let me just quickly... Because I feel like we've got to delve back into this. But um, if I just search ape titty slide, I assume it'll come up. <laughs> That's what we have dubbed it, but it's probably not the common name for it. Oh, funnily enough, uh, everything comes up for that uh, episodes of our show. <laughs> but this is the photo. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize they go all the way to the gra- Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. So. <laughs> well, so great to be here for the moment where you first witnessed that. So anyway, David Coupe writes, We know where the slides would be positioned on a statue of King Kong. But where would you place one or another piece of park equipment on a Godzilla statue? <laughs> Tail not allowed as a slide as it's too obvious. <laughs> You're just the mind I need on a question like this, Sir Ed. So what are your options? You've got oh. the spikes on the back? Yes, because it's a bit of a stegosaurus yeah. situation there. What could you well, do with could those? We first, before we go to Godzilla, let's brainstorm some of the best playground equipment. Okay, so you got seesaw. Seesaw. We got that, that swings. Thing, the, what's the round thing? Yeah. <sighs> what would you call that? 
That we could just say round thing. Yeah, that's probably got a name, but spins around. Spinner. <laughs> you got the monkey bars. Monkey bars. Oh, okay. I think the st- upside down Godzilla <laughs> with the spikes on its back. Oh, just to really rub it in that yep. Kong is the superior beast. Yeah, and we call them not monkey bars, but ape. Bars. So Godzilla's lost a battle, yeah, and he's upside down somehow. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably not making the most of a Godzilla statue. We've also got, but if we are assuming that Godzilla has to be upright for structural and the, integrity, yeah, if it's a playground with both present. Hmm. Uh, but what about uh, you've got the what's that? Is it trampolines. But trampolines. It's, like the, it's yeah, in yeah. the ground. Yeah, just it's just a rubber bit. So you just hollow out Godzilla's back or something and make a... Yeah. I, w- I think that would be sick if it was at the top. The apex of Godzilla's head was a trampoline. Oh, yeah, that'd be So fun. you had to climb up to the very top. And you could bounce and... Yeah. And what? Just gravel below? <laughs> yeah, you just got to trust your kids to be yeah, safe. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, the parents have to just try and catch them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the How Much You Love Your Kids... Challenge. Yeah. Godzilla! Yeah, it is not designed... I mean, I was about to say, it's it's not designed with an obvious playground thing in in mind, unlike King Kong. King Kong. I'm like, no, King Kong probably wasn't either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Where is that? That is crazy. Strangely, as we got deeper into it, there was more than one. I uh, guess Godzilla could have titty slides. Yeah, we found a few. Where, let me see. The How, tail's the obvious, as pointed out by yes. the listener. But hey, titty slides not that obvious. No, I don't think the titty. <laughs> oh, I said either Switzerland or Austria. It's in Belgium. Oh, okay. So, you know, I know, I know what's what. And I should have been thinking Belgium because just last night we watched a film with uh, Belgium's favourite. Uh, detective Poirot as oh, yes. as a terrorist on executive decision. I hate to make a reference to a different podcast, okay, Matt, but there was a He Knew It with Matt Stewart that I was on where there was a cartoon character or a claymation character That's who had right. a prehensile penis. That's right. Um, uh, who could that could that would do things? Yes. Oh, do you think Godzilla? Could use yes. this. So it's something we didn't see in the film, but maybe Godzilla penis slide. Yeah, and it's like, or maybe not a slide, but it's like fountain, one, like a water a fa- fountain. Yes, and you push a button, and, sort it, of like and a, it sprays. A like water, a, water sports, water yeah, play, water play. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I was I was worried we were going to leave David Coupe hanging there, <laughs> but we found it in the end. It's a prehensile water water hose. I think David's going to be pretty satisfied by that. <laughs> and if he's not a quick blast from old Godzilla's... <laughs> Prehensile wang. Yeah, his main oh, vein. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'll feel quite satisfied. Uh, David Malofsky from London in the UK writes, who would win a fight between Kong and Caesar's army from Planet of the Apes? Now, have you watched any of the Planet of the Apes Yeah, films? I'm familiar with Caesar. Man, I love Caesar. Apes together strong. Um, Jeez. It would be a a weight mismatch. Yes. Because Caesar and his army are regular size. size. 
there's more of them, but it's hard not to imagine Kong just squishing them. Can I offer a counter theory? Yeah. Which is, yes, Kong would have the superior weight, but because he's been dialed up to 100 metres, mm. he also has uh, humanity on levels never before seen. That's true. And I think You he, can take advantage of him. No, I think he would sort of uh, try to find some sort of amicable... Oh, Middle right. ground. I'd love that. Well, I mean, very much like Caesar says, apes together strong. Exactly. So, yes. and I think Caesar would be open to that. Yeah. So, um, are we saying that we reject the premise of David's question? Yeah. In true Scott Morrison style, we yeah. are, we're rejecting the premise. We reject the premise, David. Thank you. Uh, Kong, Caesar, et al. Yeah, yeah. We're talking Maurice. Maybe we're even talking Cobra. And Who maybe we're, even Donkey. Even Donkey. We're yeah. bringing in. They're all coming in because Apes see other strong, David. Strong together. And we won't hear another word on the matter. Harambe. Harambe. May God rest his soul. R.I.P. R.I.P. Jeez. Hmm. Um, what a beautiful way that would have been. Is that to three? End. Have we done no, three? No, we've got one more. Oh, okay. This one comes from Arthur. And I think this is going to be fantastic, though. No pressure on Arthur's question or comment here. Arthur from... Nanaimo in British Columbia. Is that the second BC question we've had tonight? What is with the BC fans? Well, before Christ. Before this is the second question we've had from the before the Christian era. <laughs> that is insane. Isn't that wild? The level of foresight they had back then. <laughs> That's right. I can only assume these were carved into stone <laughs> tablets. <laughs> and uh, somehow have got to us. You here. know that though. Like think about the printing press. Think, think about, about it. I'm, I'm never stopping thinking about the printing press. But think about how, like, the first invention, it's great. The first time people do things is amazing. Hmm. Their number of copycats. Yeah. No one talks about the Ten Commandments, how many copycat commandments there would have been. All the influencers who would have come after that and been like, hey, I've got the ten... Uh, Activate your almonds. Yeah. That sort of stuff. The ten things you really must do. You want to alkalize your water with some lemon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those sort of things. That would have been soon after. Uh, I thou shalt not. Uh, skip leg day. Skip leg day. Yeah. <laughs> These sort of things. Anyway, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur, for the final question or comment for the day. And um, thank you so much to everyone else who sent them in. Uh, we will get to them on the next episode. But yeah, let Bit us know what, we want us, what you want us to watch. Bit of sizzle. W- will it be in the first episode of Ronnie Chang's? Or should we really be just waiting for the time he's ready to visit the monkey house in person? Maybe he's coming for... He won't be coming for comedy first. I think that was... That was in... That's in his past. That's in his review mirror. that's in the BC era. (laughs) Before Chang. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Arthur writes, Curious George has seven siblings. We've never done an episode on Curious George. Really? Do you know Curious George? I don't know anything about him. I don't know Curious anything George. about him. I've heard about him referenced in other things. I think jokes. it's like a big American kids cartoon from okay. the, I think it's like olden days cartoon. Yeah, right. But I don't think it ever came over here. But maybe Jack Johnson or someone did a did an album of Curious oh. George songs. That's it. maybe what I vaguely remember. Anyway, Curious George has seven siblings. His mother, Pample Moose. Imagine... I guess if you're if you're Pample Moose and you're having kids, you're like, I don't want to burden my kids with such a big, beautiful name. Because I think Pample Moose is fantastic. 
But George, that's a drop off, isn't it? Anyway, his mother, Pample Moose, had eight children. Curious George. Oh my God! Does everyone everyone has a um, what do you call the uh, the word that describes the next thing? Like curious. What's curious? Oh yeah, adjective. Adverb. Adverb is it? Adjective. I'd love to leave it there just so people could yell at their iPods. Uh, Curious George, good James, brave Johnny, kind Arthur, strong David, baby Ginny. And the twins, Punch and, Punch and Judy. Jeez, baby Ginny's got ripped off there. <laughs> a uh, bit like um, the Maggie from The Simpsons. Arthur says, this is not a particularly fun or interesting fact, but it is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of facts have to live like that, though. I liked it. And I think because we had, I think everything else was a question. So this was, I think that's a beautiful way to uh, end uh, the show tonight. Pample, isn't that amazing? Pample Moose has gone with George, James, Johnny, Arthur, David, Ginny, Punch, and Judy. I mean, Punch is a pretty wild name. Yep. But also, like a real homage to, like the older what is it? Old English puppet shows. Punch and Judy. Punch and Judy. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder how. Pample Moose got onto. But Pample Moose only discovered that after her fifth oh, child. She's like. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not that she named him and then was like, oh, that's embarrassing. Everyone thinks that I've named after a Oh, it English could be that. Show. Yeah, it could be that. Anyway, thank you so much to uh, Ty Cobb. Oh, that really was just the yeah. fact. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur, the two Davids, Alex, Alfie, James, Dog, or uh, Doc, and Dane. Um, There's a real gender skew with this podcast. Uh well, that depends. I mean, I'm you're gendering names without context. There, is that something you want to do, or what I'm saying is that uh, genders listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's true. This genders it is skewed towards people with gender. Who, yeah, and maybe people who don't. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thanks for so much for those messages. Uh, they were directly via the patrons i believe if you want to support this show as well as do go on who knew it with matt stewart and others go to patreon.com slash do go on pod um but yeah if you like this i like doing this show especially i don't edit it it's just put out exactly as we record it and um all the other shows are way more work so although we do have to sit through movies on this one (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah if you if you want to hear more let us know uh movies we loved Yes, yep. movies we love. That's the thing. It's almost too easy to do this show. <laughs> uh, we, I still haven't done Matt LeBlanc's movie, Ed, oh. where he plays baseball with a chimp. And I just, I, no one's ever like been keen to hear it. That's obviously post-Friends era. I think it was mid-Friends. That's insane. Mm. <laughs> that's a, so that's him trying to make, because you've got to remember back in the 90s, it it there was very rare for a f- TV actor to cross over to film. Oh, was it? You're right. And so it's hard <coughs> to think back that far. That would have been his attempt, right? And yeah, that's not an ideal attempt. Or it was. No, that's true. Maybe maybe, maybe crush. Maybe he's, it. maybe he's still a huge star. Uh, <laughs> um. 
Give us a five-star review. I, I haven't thought to um, pull any of those up, but if, if uh, you give us a five-star review, I'll read them out on the next episode. Seren, where can people find you? Uh, Seren Comedy on Instagram. Also, Good Tucker, which is a series featuring the both of us on SBS On Demand if you're in Australia. Uh, if you're if you overseas, get, I don't know if we'll... Get like a, a VPN, I think. Maybe we'll put that on YouTube one day. But in yeah. the meantime... Uh, Listen to Who Knew It. I'm on a bunch of those. And then also, if you're in Adelaide, come to the Rhino Room during February. If you're in Brisbane, we'll be there in May. Sydney, also May. And Melbourne, pretty much the whole month of April. Yeah. Can't wait. That's all, I mean, we've only done a handful of shows so far. But it's, been <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Sorry to Perth, where I missed due to illness. But I heard Saran dominated. It was also fun. Saran's told me um, he, he's declined to show any video or audio proof, but he said every show was a crusher. Every show sold out uh, and I had to raise the capacity of the yeah. venue. You ended up playing at Perth Stadium? I played at a venue bigger than the population of Perth. Oh, my God. Okay. Every night. You had to take everyone back to the MCG. <laughs> You flew private jets from Perth to yes. Melbourne so yeah. you have a venue big enough. Yeah. Because uh, Perth over Optus Stadium is only, what, 70,000? Not big enough. Not big enough. Uh, yeah, and I'm shattered I missed it. And especially because you brought everyone back to Melbourne where I was. <laughs> um, thanks so much for joining us, Saran. Check him out on all the social medias. And, yeah, his um, stand-up's available online as well. Clips and bits and pieces. You've got to put out your special from ABC. One day it will happen. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining us here at Primates. I can't really remember how this show ends. I think I, I think I actually get the guests to riff a thing and I say, as we always say here on Primates. Okay, you say does that. it have to be about Primates? It's normal. I mean, it can change. It does change sometimes about... Anyway. Okay. And remembering that I'm not editing any of this okay, out. So okay. uh, thanks so much for joining us, Saran. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. And as we always say here on Primates Podcast. Uh, monkey see, monkey do, monkey don't, monkey <laughs> flu. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the pause was worth the wait. What's he doing? What's his mind coming up with? <laughs> If anyone has been critiqued for their mic technique, it was you. This week? Yeah. As recently as two days ago for the live podcast. Like quite publicly too. Yeah. For who knew it. You don't want the host of a a reputable chain of podcasts to be publicly outed for having terrible mic technique. But I think, you know what happened? It was who is lovely. Yes. But was feeling like, hang on, this isn't my oh, fault. I right. need to let okay. everyone know. Can I tell the listeners exactly what's happening here? A little bit of Joe Coy. A little bit of calling <laughs> out the riders. Well, I feel like I was Joe Joe Coy. <laughs> yeah, you were Joe Coy. Thing about Joe Coy is was he deserve it's called a Joe Coy because he deserved to be Joe Coy. Yes. None of this is going. Just Joe Coy's on you. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. It was his riders that came up with it. <laughs> This, at the best, this goes on right at the end. Okay. <laughs> at worst. At first, I thought there was excitement. It was like, oh, this could be fun. I thought and it was, but yeah. then when I th- I'd named and shamed, which was a mistake. True. Yeah. That's that true. was when I realized that it can't be in. Yeah. <laughs> 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.